Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Red vs. Blue Friday Night Football. Wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Adkins, Team Legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. Usually I'm joined by the Big Blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent, but we have a special treat for you tonight. We've got uh, experts from our Sports Illustrated Fantasy Division and Full-Time Fantasy. We're bringing on Frankie Fantasy to co-host the entire show tonight. What's up, Frankie? Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? It's good to hear from you, my man. We got the draft underway tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to, ha- we're going to have a blast. And, look, we've got, uh, we've got special guests lined up all night tonight. We're going to bring our first guest on of the evening, newly uh, retained, newly acquired, uh, newly signed from uh, NFL and SiriusXM fame, Michael Fabiano. Mike, what's going on, buddy? How are you, my man? Uh, excited to be with you guys and the great team over at Sports Illustrated, man. So I'm looking forward to the season, my brother. I think it's the first time I've ever called you Mike. I've got a, I have a Mike as a co-host. I know. And I, everybody, I call everybody calls me Fabs, man, like everybody. I know. I know. It's like uh, you can't really abbreviate my last name and, like, call me Ack. You know, it doesn't work. It's like you've got, <laughs> exactly. you've got, you've got that, uh, you've got that three-letter Fab. Uh, it works. But, uh, hey, we're, we're excited to have you here in front of the high-stakes audience here at the FFWC, the Fantasy Football World Championships. Everybody knows that this year we are taking off a year from the live events out in Las Vegas. It breaks our heart. We've been doing it for 20 years. It's obviously the ninth year at the World Championships. Uh, and, look, it's the right thing to do for this season, but we will be back. I've seen the plans. I've seen the layout for next year. It's going to be absolutely mind-blowing, and we're excited to get that kicked off next year. But this year we're going to have a virtual world championship, some virtual leagues. We're going to be able to still see those ugly mugs if you want. You can hop on Zoom, and we can, we can do those drafts. Like we are tonight, we have a draft underway, Fabs and Frankie. So let's go ahead and start off. The draft is underway. Christian McCaffrey, no surprise, number one. Saquon Barkley, number two. Ezekiel Elliott, number three. Alvin Kamara, number four. Michael Thomas, number five. Fabs, that's a pretty lock, stock, kind of a barrel start to the draft. No big surprises. 
Yeah, exactly. It's sort of chalk at this point. I, I don't think I've been in a draft, Scott, where McCaffrey, Barkley, and Zeke have not been one, two, and three. Every single yeah. one. And then you have a little bit of, of differences of opinion between Dalvin Cook, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and my new number six running back, Clyde <laughs> edwards Hilaire. Yeah. Going to be very right. interested to see where he goes in this first round. Yeah, you wrote him up uh, earlier today in the column. If you haven't seen it, go to SI.com, and it's up on the uh, Fantasy and NFL pages. One of your risers is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You talked about him. You've got him all the way up to six. We have seen him at six in some drafts this year, but you have to take him uh, above Dalvin Cook. What is the, con- is the concern of a holdout? Because we saw what Dalvin Cook can do last year, and to me, that that's a player that – Outside of the you know the, the top three players in you know in, in fantasy, there's there's not anybody more exciting than Dalvin Cook. Yeah, no, Dalvin Cook is my is my fourth overall player, and Clyde Edwards-Helaire oh, okay, is okay, six. So I would be going with Cook over Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I would just tell people who think that that ranking is a little bit too high. Keep in mind what rookie running backs can do when they're in the perfect situation. Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott. Hell, I'll go back to Clinton Portis and Edgerin James. We've seen it time and time again. And you look at Andy Reid's offense, which has been so friendly to running backs, ever since 1999, which is his first year as a head coach back in Philadelphia, every running back in his first year as the featured back in Reid's system has been a top 10 PPR back or better. And Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has got all the tools to be that next top 10 running back under Andy Reid. Let's not forget just a couple of years ago, Kareem Hunt. It was supposed to be Spencer Ware, and he went down. Kareem Hunt comes in, and he's a top-eight guy. It's not out of the realm of possibility for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to be a top-six fantasy running back. And to be honest with you, Scott, I love the guy. I loved him before Damian Williams opted out, and I'm not afraid to go out and get my guy, and that's exactly why I have him ranked so highly. Uh, let's, let's turn to Frankie. Frankie, if, you're taking, uh, if he's taking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at six – uh, that that puts the top four. Then you, it's, it's Kamara, right? Fabs first. It's Kamara at five. Right. I have Kamara at five, and then the Glad okay. at six. Okay. So so Frankie, he's taking him over Michael Thomas, Derek Henry, Joe Mixon, which are the next three players in the draft. Are you ready to to put Edwards Hilaire sight unseen up up that high? Oh, did we did we lose Frank? Frankie dropped. Frankie dropped. Uh, Fabs, let's go back to it then. Uh, well, actually, we, we got Frankie back. Frankie, you, you dropped off there for a second. I was going to ask you, with Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, and Michael Thomas, are you ready to point Clyde Edwards-Hilaire up there at number six ahead of those guys? Uh, for me, no. I, I do like him up there, but I, I, the one place that me and Fabs are going to completely disagree is I believe – I think Michael can probably uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he has uh, C- – uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire ranked ahead of Michael Thomas, and I think that's where we would differ. Um, I do love the rookie, the potential of rookie running back. I love the potential of any player in that Kansas City offense. I think they're the best offense in all of football, with the best quarterback in all of football, and Patrick Mahomes. But for me, yeah. I can't, I can't pass on, on Michael Thomas overall. I just think that his production is too much. I actually think that Michael, Th- Michael Thomas, for me, he's actually my number three overall player. So I can't pass on him at number six for um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You know what? 
for Clyde, yeah, for Clyde Edwards. You know what, uh, Fabs, I give you props, bro. I'm looking in the SI Fantasy magazine that is on store shelves right now. You did take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at 3-3. And, you know, that's the thing about drafting in the summer. You know, when, when news like that happens, we saw it, you know, uh, with Kareem Hunt a couple of years back. Uh, you have an injury, and then all, everything changes. Any of those early drafts where you – I mean, you took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at 3-3. He fell to you, and you took him, and now you're, now you're willing to bump him up to 6. But you're not saying that he's going to outscore Michael Thomas. There is just a positional need that is more, that is more important to you to grab that RB1 that, over Michael Thomas because Michael Thomas caught like 149, 150 balls last year. It's exactly right. I, and I also have this thing. So I can't take a wide receiver in the first round. I just can't. I can't do it, man. Like, even Michael Thomas, if he fell to me at seven, then that I, I would take him at that point, especially this year. And I get it. Michael Thomas is great, okay? He's coming off a career year. I don't know that he'll duplicate it, but he is still tremendous. Every single season has basically scored nine touchdowns. Going to be one of the highest targeted wide receivers in fantasy football. Right. Supply and demand thing for me. If I take Michael Thomas in the first round, especially in the top six, then I feel like I'm going to be hurting maybe at my second running back, for example, and I can't stand that. The way that I have seen the drafts go that I have been in, I can get one running back who's going to be elite or projects to be elite in the first round and get a heck of an RB2 in the second round and then still get, like, Kenny Galladay or Allen Robinson in the third round and follow up with, for example, DJ Moore, who I really like, as a fourth-round pick. The difference between the running backs that you can get in the fourth round and the wide receivers you can get in the fourth round, totally different. And I would rather go running back, running back, and then focus on my wide receivers after that. So it's not any kind of cut on Michael Thomas. The dude is the bomb. I mean, he's lit. You know it. I just rather go with the running back there. Yeah, I, I, it, it's definitely a, it's definitely a feeling where when you get to that end of that round two, and the only thing you're seeing is Leonard Fournette, Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon. It's like I, I I'm I'm glad I got my RB one now because now I can fire away at a wide receiver like a Galladay or an Evans, um, something something that falls. L- let, let's let's talk also Michael Thomas. Uh, a good strength of schedule, of course. I mean, look, he's he's pretty much untouchable anyway and unguardable. You can't guard Mike. But he does. New Orleans has. Uh, they're going to enjoy the seventh easiest schedule against wide receivers, yet again uh, in that offense. Frankie, let's let's run down the rest of this first round here. Uh, Miles Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Helaire does go at nine. Miles Sanders ten. Devonte Adams eleven, and then Austin Eckler at twelve, who is a very polarizing figure for our fantasy team. Uh, which of those players uh, do you like, do you hate uh, at the back end of this first round? I really like Miles Sanders the most out of any of those selections. I did, you know, previously, I mean, for me, Austin Eckler, I was all over him last year. He was one of the guys that I targeted in the middle rounds, and, and he totally, you know, rewarded uh, fantasy owners with his monster play breakout. Now he looks like the incredible Hulk. So I really don't know. What he, <laughs> maybe he can really take the pounding because everyone, the knock on him has always been if he tries to run in between the tackles, maybe he can't take the pounding over a 16-game season. Well, it seems like Austin Eckler over the pandemic and during the, you know, the COVID-19 shutdown, it looks like he took that to heart, and he's bulked up and bulked up in a big way. But for me, uh, Miles Sanders is, is the clear standout among any of those selections. Fabs, I think you kind of feel the same way. You're pretty high on Miles Sanders this year. You know, I, I really like him. Um, every day, guys, I am praying that I don't get an alert on my phone that the Eagles signed a running back. <laughs> like, 
I don't want to see Devonta Freeman in Philadelphia. I don't want to see Lamar Miller in Philadelphia. Keep it the way it is. And if it does remain Miles Sanders and then Boston Scott and Corey Clement, Miles Sanders has got a shot to be amazing. If you look at the numbers that he put up last year towards the end of the season when Jordan Howard was out, he was averaging over 20 touches a game. He was averaging over 20 fantasy points per game. He was playing the role of a featured back. And he didn't get as much of that hype coming out of Penn State because he played behind Saquon Barkley and then only had one year where he was the guy there. But this is a great situation for him. The Eagles did not and have not added anyone yet. Hopefully they don't at that backfield position. So this is this to me, Miles Sanders could put up top eight numbers at the running back. I have him ranked right now at 11, but he is right in the mix for being an RB1, even in a 10 team league. Let's move on to the second round. Nick Chubb is the first pick of the second round to shoot or shoot. Elmer takes Julio Jones with the second pick. Kenyon Drake with the third. We talked about him earlier this afternoon. Let's continue that conversation, Fabs. I have a hard time pushing the button when I see a player like DeAndre Hopkins or Aaron Jones, things like uh, Tyreek Hill, players I absolutely know are going to be there for me when push comes to shove. And I and there's something in the back of my mind about Kenyon Drake that says, okay, I saw some good things last year. I saw a couple of games where he got 20 carries. I saw a lot of games where he's getting 10 carries and two or three catches. What makes him somebody that you can rank and tell fantasy people all around the country and the globe, take him ahead of Aaron Jones and DeAndre Hopkins, and you will be happy? Again, it is a supply and demand situation. Running backs, I feel like, are going to be more valuable in the first and second round than the wide receivers. Kenyon Drake, and I understand the hesitation. I have a little bit of a hesitation, too, when I talk about him because, I mean, let's be honest, dude. He has burned us quite a bit. He has burned us quite a bit, So, and we know that. He's in a great situation to succeed. I don't feel like Chase Edmonds is going to put a dent into his touches at all. That offense is going to be explosive. They're going to run a lot of plays. They're going to play fast. He is a very good pass catcher. And I'm betting on the fact that Cliff Kingsbury is going to utilize him in 2020, much like he did this past season. And DeAndre Hopkins, listen, one of the best wide receivers in fantasy football. I took him last night in the Draft Sharks Invitational. I will say this, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but it has happened, and there is a trend of wide receivers as, as good as they can be, having their numbers decline in the first year with a new team. We saw it with Odell mm-hmm. Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. You can look back. There is a trend. I'm not saying right. that's going to happen to Newt, but just like you have question marks about Kenyon Drake, I have some question marks about whether or not Newt Hopkins is going to see 150 targets in that offense, put up over 1,300 yards, double-digit touchdowns. He absolutely can do it, but I do have some questions in the back of my mind. And in terms of Aaron Jones, touchdown regression is coming. And we're not talking about positive touchdown regression. That season last year, 19 touchdowns, it's not happening again. It reminds me of the year that D'Angelo Williams had in Carolina years and years ago. He had 20 touchdowns. He was the bomb. And then the next season, the regression monster came and got him. And I feel like that's going to happen with Aaron Jones. I think he's an RB2 this season. We we actually projected Sean Childs over at SI Fantasy – Aaron Jones is projected for 10. That would be regression from 19, correct? That's in half. Let's let's play a little game, Fab. Let's let's play a little game. Uh, Carries. Who has more carries this year, Aaron Jones or Kenyon Drake? Aaron Jones will have more carries, but Kenyon Drake will have far more receptions. 
Okay, so yeah, that that's maybe where we differ. Uh, Kenyon Drake is projected on our on our site for 51 receptions. Aaron Jones still at 61 for Sean. Um, that's a big number for Aaron Jones, but uh, you know that, that puts him in the, in the number. Yeah, that puts him in the that puts him in the top 10. And I I would have to go back and look. I had it here a minute ago. Receptions. He had 49 receptions last year. When you bring in an AJ Dillon, AJ Dillon isn't really the reception threat to Aaron Jones. Uh, he's more right. of a touchdown, uh, ground and pound, straight lateral forward. Uh, it's cold outside. It's Green Bay Lambeau weather, and you're going to give a, a – it was the same exact thing they drafted Jamal or Williams for, right? That was, that's what they drafted him for. And they're kind of going right. away from that, and they're saying, okay, maybe they don't want to pay Aaron Jones next year because they will have to pay him to keep him, and you've got the mess with the quarterback going on. Fabs, one last uh, thing before you go. Uh, we see two quarterbacks come off the board, Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes. Uh, wh- mm-hmm. About where do you t- – I, I remember seeing you in February talk about this, when, you know, when we were talking fantasy before all the, all the crap hit the fan. Where do you take uh, – how, how far would Lamar or Mahomes have to fall before you to take them? Because I know you wouldn't take them in the second. I know you probably wouldn't take them in the third. How far do they have to go before you pull the trigger? Even for my for my top 200, I have Lamar at 25 and I have Mahomes at 30. But in this case, I still I don't know that I could take them unless they fell to the end of the third round. I, I just okay. It, it's just it's it's just a thing with me. Every single year, Scott, there is mo- there are multiple really good bargains at the quarterback position. Lamar Jackson was a bargain last year. The year before, Patrick Mahomes was a bargain. Where was Dak Prescott drafted last season? He was the QB, too. It happens all the time. I'm big on Daniel Jones this year. I think he could potentially be that guy, maybe not on the grand scale of Lamar and Patrick Mahomes and what they did in their last two seasons, respectively. But Lamar, Daniel Jones could absolutely outplay his draft position. And Matt Ryan is always very good in even-numbered season. You could get him in the eighth or ninth round. There's just so many guys out there. That, that could potentially end up outplaying their draft position, and especially in experts leagues too. You know it. We all wait on the quarterback yeah. position. So that sort of feeds into my strategy even more. So I think I would go with Lamar or Mahomes if they fell to me at the end of the third round. Here's the thing. They're not going to fall to me at the end of the third round. So it's yeah. not going to happen. In my case, it's likely that I, I would take a quarterback Maybe in the fifth, end of the sixth, beginning of the sixth round, that would yeah. probably be the earliest that I would take one. And it would have to be either Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, or Deshaun Watson. We will see it in the FFWC. The lowest we've seen Lamar fall is 42. The lowest we've seen uh, Patrick Mahomes fall is 38. We will see it in some high-stakes leagues. Fabs, it's great to have you on the team. I want all the listeners to know – and, you know, I've said this for years, what does it take to be on our team, right, at full-time and now at Sports Illustrated? I've always, it's always been a simple answer. When I go to the FSTA and I go to the annual events and people come up to me and say, hey, what, 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 what is it going to take? I always say, you got to win. you got to win. I, we we, we got to have winners offering advice, and that's it's one thing I want people to know. We had a best ball all-star league last year with some of the best top high-stakes players in the country – and uh, you, you put it on us, man. You put us on, put it on everybody, and that that really, uh, you know, that that got your street cred up a little bit with the uh, with the high stakes competitors. Even though you haven't been allowed to play that, you've been you've been held back for years playing competitively. So now you you know you get to at least prove your chops and and jump in in some of these leagues this year. It's gonna be fun to watch, man. We're really happy to have you. Yeah, man, I'm I'm thrilled to be with you, Scott. You know, you and I go back a ways, and 
that league is one of the one of the leagues that I'm most proud to have won. You should be because I have a lot of I have a lot of respect for the for the high stakes folks. I really do, and I become friends with some of the guys. You know, Derek Pearson is one of my best buddies, and there have been a lot of people out there that have reached out to me in the high stakes community. Hey, man, I was lucky enough and blessed enough to be able to do this. I've been lucky enough to do this on television, on live television, on radio, on podcasts, on all kinds of mediums, and I talk about it. But I can promise you, man, there are better people out there than I am when it comes to playing fantasy football, and including a lot of the high-stakes folks. I know what I'm doing, and I can compete. I promise you that. But there are people out there that are just as good, if not better, and I don't mind saying it, okay, because all ego aside, guys like Derek – Kimra is is amazing. There's there's any number of uh, high stakes competitors out there that are just as good, if not better, than I am. And I love to give those people props because they are great at what they do. And I feel like what they do and where they draft and the ADP data that comes from the leagues that they're in, man, that's stuff that we're going to be able to use to help the people out there who maybe don't play in high stakes but they want to get an edge against their friends, against their coworkers, whatever the case may be. And so I'm, I'm thrilled, brother. I can't wait to go to Vegas next season and get involved in this because I have not been able to do it for a long, long time. Let's go, Fabs. Uh, great to have you uh, make your debut here on Red vs. Blue, man. We'll see you soon. All right. Take care. All right. Michael Fabiano, new to SI Fantasy. You can find his work at si.com slash fantasy. He's doing a great job, and Frankie, he's putting out his preseason pro. He's going to start entering in some leagues. They're going to have some beat fabs leagues. I'm, I'm sure you guys are going to go toe-to-toe. He, he hasn't got to face the Frankie fantasy. He doesn't know yet. He just doesn't know. Let's bring on another high-stakes veteran, uh, long-time senior fantasy analyst here at Sports Illustrated Fantasy, full-time fantasy, the one, the only, Dr. Roto. Doc, get out the insurance cards, baby. What's going on, man? I don't know. He mentions Derek Pearson and Kimmer. I better mention Roto in the next breath. <laughs> you got to give it. You got to. Where's the respect? I know. I mean, come on. I, How you been, what man? do I need to do to, to, to earn it? Come on. <laughs> I have the winner of the first I, I, ever I, I beat Dr. Roto here. League. Absolutely. Absolutely. Doc's always up there at the end. He almost, he almost took down the world championship last year. Uh, he's almost taken down the online championship. He almost took down the mock draft world championship last year. Won the beat. I mean, you really, really impress us every year, Doc. Uh, let's, let's get into the chat room. Uh, the crew, some of the best minds in the world of high stakes fantasy football. Fantasy Assassins uh, wants to get your take on Clyde Edwards Hilaire's upside. Uh, Doc, yeah. we talked about it. We're going to talk about it again. We're going to get another take here because he is – he has meteorically risen up the draft boards up into the top ten. Yeah, and I think it's a smart pick. I, I think it's what I call a winning pick. You take him, and you're giving yourself a chance to win the league. Now, will you? I can't tell you that. You're going to have to do a great job of the rest of your draft. But his upside is immense, especially in our format. Going to catch 60 passes – you know, I don't think – I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has a better chance of catching 60 than Aaron Jones does. Let's just say that. And he plays on a great offense, and there's nothing this guy can't do. He's ultra-talented. Do I, will I miss Damian Williams? I will, but I think it cleared everything up for people because right now, I mean, he's got to be a solid first-round pick for sure. Yeah. Uh, Frankie, we're seeing uh, – this draft unfold. We saw two quarterbacks go in the, in the third round. Let's talk about the middle of this second round though. We did talk about Tyreek Hill, Aaron Jones, 
Chris Godwin in the middle of the second round. What more does this guy have to do than what he did last year? It, it's I, I plugged in our scoring system. Everybody knows at home we have the customized ranking system, and it creates and generates the box score. And when you dump Sean Child's projections in there, it gives you kind of a blueprint to your fantasy draft. When I do that and I put in FFWC scoring, would you guys be surprised that after the top four, McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, Barkley, and Elliott, the number five player with FFWC scoring in lineup is Chris Godwin, Frankie. Chris Godwin, number five with Sean Child's projections. What do you think about that play? I absolutely think it's phenomenal because I'll be honest, I'm 100% in agreement. And I think that this team right now, resistance is, he did the right move. He didn't fall for the bait. I've seen too many players and too many fantasy owners early on in these drafts pass on Chris Godwin and take Mike Evans over him. And I am totally not in agreement with that move. But I think that resistance is nailed this correctly in this draft tonight, taking Chris Godwin before Mike Evans with Mike Evans still on the board, obviously. But for me, I mean, we, all we have to do is just go back and we look at Tom Brady and we know his propensity to utilize his slot receiver, which, you know, just look at Julian Edelman's production over the last several seasons. And Chris Godwin, he's going to be lining up a lot more in the slot than Mike Evans will be. And I'll tell you right now, Chris Godwin is going to eat in that offense and he's going to outperform Mike Evans in 2020. Doc, I know everybody's waiting on your rankings. I know you've got the, the rankings will be out. The preseason pro – uh, is is published premium this year only for SI fantasy members first time ever I know that's that's uh, pretty exciting for all of us here to um, to unleash those every year can you talk about the, the the Tampa Bay experiment going on there it can be Evans Godwin we see Evans now going at the end of the second sometimes even into the third and we're seeing Godwin now ranked so high for Sean Childs as the number two wide receiver on his board uh, and you've got Tom Brady. I mean, terrific Tommy is now a quarterback for Tampa. Talk about Tampa and the offense and any of those pieces that uh, that spark you. Yeah, I, th- I think Frankie's dead on. I think Godwin is a second-round pick, and I think yeah. Evans is a third. Now, look, here's the thing about Brady that people seem to have forgotten. He's still accurate. There's no doubt. But can he throw the deep pass anymore? I don't know about that. I don't know if he's throwing those 40-yarders anymore. And that's where Mike Evans shines. Mike Evans might be the best 50-50 guy in all, in all of football coming down with that football. And I don't think Brady's going to be throwing those as, as often as Jameis Winston because Jameis just chucks it. I think Godwin is a supreme route runner, and I think that Brady's going to find this guy like he found Edelman because it's easy to find Godwin. It's harder to find Ed, Evans. That said, in, I mean, Evans is going to have about, I don't know, eight, nine fantastic weeks where he goes for 100 yards and a touchdown. So you're going to want him. And he'd be a fine third-round pick, but Godwin is safer. But, look, I like Brady. I like Gronk. I mean, Arians came out and said it's Ronald Jones's job, so I think we have yeah. to bump him up. So, I mean, look, I, the, the Bucks. I don't like their week one against the Saints, but after that, moving forward, I'm a big Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan. Ronald Jones, ADP uh, in the SI, uh, the FFWC is RB33. Keyshawn Vaughn has now fell. Keyshawn Vaughn, RB37. So that the distinction is there right now for FFWC drafters, and it'll probably continue to rise for Ronald Jones. There is a part of me that in that offense, guys, um, is the number three established yet? Because I'll ask you, Doc, uh, injury-wise, Godwin, Evans, somebody goes down there. I mean, you could look that it's the tight end that, that, that gets to collect there finally, Gronk. Or, but is there – I mean, the slot wide receiver, uh, 
Brady's always used the little dumpers to Edelman's and Welker types. So who is that person? Because maybe there's some value there that is yet undrafted and untapped. Yeah, I think that this team is going to play a lot of two tight ends. I think you've okay. got Gronk, you've got Brady, you've got O.J. Howard. The old Pat's That offense. makes more sense to me. Yeah, that makes more sense to me than Scotty Miller or Justin Watson. Okay, yeah. look, Tom Brady has to trust you. Because when he doesn't trust you, it turns out like last year, right, when he was yelling at his receivers because they weren't running the right routes. So he will trust Godwin. He will trust Evans. And I think that that's – I think Brayton might actually be pretty sneaky. And O.J. Howard, I think people have forgotten him. I mean, this is a, is a very good player. So I think these guys may actually thrive in, in, in deeper leagues. I would go that way. I wouldn't be looking at Scotty Miller or Justin Watson. Frankie, we have a zero RB team in – Elmer, at the end of the round, through three rounds, he took three wide receivers. Matt, Matt Groth took three wide receivers. Gets James Conner in the fourth. So Adams, Julio, Juju, you still get James Conner. What do you think about the zero RB start uh, here at the FFWC? Uh, it's going to be difficult. I don't know who he's going to pair James Conner with, and I still have a little bit of skepticism right now for James Conner overall for, to, for me to re- rely upon him to be my RB1 and to be my, my bell cow back. So I'm a little bit skeptical of that. In addition, I mean, if I looked at this team, I really would have loved to have, for him to possibly have not taken Julio Jones and maybe taken grab Kenyon Drake, who went to pick directly after him, just to try to grab someone there or maybe even Aaron Jones. I mean, I'm, I, it, it's going to be real difficult this year, I think, for the yellow sticker club to be able to pull this off and go for, you know, three wide receiver, maybe even four wide receivers that we saw maybe not last season as much, but the propensity was to draft that style a couple of several seasons ago, or maybe even three or four seasons ago was a successful way to go. I'm not so sure you can really do that this year because I don't know what you're really going to have at that running back position. So I'm a little bit skeptical on top of that. I'm, you know, for me, Julio Jones, that's another guy that I believe he's just like Mike Evans. He's, he's actually not going to be the number one performing player in that offense in the passing game, and it's going to be Calvin Ridley. So for me, I, I have a little bit of a difficulty even taking Julio in the second round with those running backs on the board. That's you know, old. Scott, that, that, that's Frankie, a highlight. Frankie's, yep. 100, Scott, Frankie's 100% right, and this guy did two mistakes. First, you take Kenya Drake over Julio Jones. You do, especially with that team. And secondly, you take Devin Singletary over Mark Andrews. Because if you when you when you're trying to when you go for receivers early on, you've got to get some running backs later on. And Singletary would fit his team so much better than Mark Andrews. Because you can get a Mike Gisecki, you can get a T.J. Hawkinson. You can't find another Singletary. This guy waits another round. I mean, how many more picks is he waiting? Twenty-two more picks. Who's going to be there? Tariq Cohen. I mean, I like Tariq Cohen, but I like Singletary more. So, you know, not my favorite draft right there. Uh, Frankie Tadeo is co-hosting with us tonight. Dr. Roto is our special guest for this segment. Uh, Doc, the yellow stickers have been a thing uh, in the in years past. We, we remember Kim Rutt won. She's the yellow sticker girl. Uh, but this year, it seems like the green sticker movement is back. And we do have a green – we have a zero wide receiver team through three rounds in XY Jet. Tom Northrup takes Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake, Jonathan Taylor – and comes back with Calvin Ridley. Do you like that start? Um, I like three of the four. Look, Tom is a very good player. Okay, so just let's say that right up, right up front. And I love Sanders Drake. It might be one of my favorite starts in this draft. And I love Calvin Ridley. Okay, so I mean, I just think with Taylor there, 
I would have liked, I mean, I probably would have taken Ridley actually in the third round because I'd be afraid that he wouldn't be there for me in the fourth round. I think Tom got lucky that he ended up there. So I think, I, I don't know, a lot of people are high on Taylor. Here's my problem. You've got Marlon Mack, you've got Nime Hines, and you've got a coach who has proven that he likes to give everybody the ball. So it's not that I don't like Jonathan Taylor. I just think that we're not going to see the true Jonathan Taylor at least until 2021. Fair enough. Uh, Doc, we also see uh, the teams at the back, the, the first part of the draft, they usually end up going wide receiver heavy in rounds two, three, and four because the running back pool kind of dries up and the value seems to be at wide receiver. So we see Barkley team taking Galladay, A-Rob, Metcalf. We see the Zeke team taking Evans, A.J. Brown, Cortland Sutton. Uh, they're kind of uh, facsimiles of each other. That team is doing a great that team's doing a great job, by the way, and I'll tell you why. Because he has the one great running back in Zeke, right? Yep. So when you have the one stud, then you can go get four or five receivers. And I love Evans, Brown, Sutton, McLaurin, and Deontay Johnson. Love it. I mean, that's a great start. So now if he comes back in round seven and gets him, or round eight, gets himself another running back and then takes Tony Pollard probably a round or two earlier than he should, I think this team's onto something here. So I think you can be a yellow sticker team if you get that stud running back in round one or round two. Deontay Johnson, wide receiver 37, goes wide receiver 35 here tonight, so it's about right. He gets Terry McLaurin. This is Andrew Palermo, by the way, very, very accomplished high-stakes player. Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 24. His ADP, his ADP is wide receiver 24, right on the money. A.J. Brown, wide receiver 11. It's, his ADP is wide receiver 13, uh, pays up a little bit. It, it, it's pretty much just, you know, you're getting out the net. Andrew is basically getting out the net. He's taking the value that's fallen to him. And sometimes you got to let that happen and, and, and let the draft just sort of where, where it goes. I mean, if you don't see a tight end or, or running back, the, the last thing you want to do, uh, Frankie, I'll start with you, is push unnecessarily and chase a position. No, I completely agree. I think he's had a, a solid draft. I actually just wish, though, in round five, I love the, the pick of Deontay Johnson, by the way. He's one of, the, one of my players that I think that is going to be an absolute stud. That's round six, yeah. Yeah, in round six. But for me, in round five, I really would have liked to have seen him maybe jump out and, and grab Raheem Mostar. I think that a lot of people are still sleeping okay. on him right now. Um, because I, I honestly believe, you know, people are worried about that contract situation, but San Francisco solidified it. You know, he's, he's going to be happy. He's going to be a bell cow. We know that's a running back, you know, running a team that just loves to run the ball. I like to have seen him add maybe Mostart or possibly Ingram or Singletary. Somewhere along there, I would have liked to have seen that as opposed to just going, uh, you know, five wide receivers in a row. But I do like the fact that he was able to come back around later on. And as we see now, he did grab James White, who I'm very high on because I think that the potential of James White in that offense with Cam Newton dumping the ball off with tons of uh, checkdowns, we know what Cam did with Christian McCaffrey in that offense. And, like, we, we you know, listen, no one's really going to be silly enough to say that James White is going to put up Christian McCaffrey numbers in that offense with Cam Newton on the center. But I'll tell you right now, James White is going to be – very, very good, and a solid pick in middle rounds, especially in PPR formats, get, getting the ball and a lot of checkdowns from Cam Newton. Uh, Frankie Fantasy, Dr. Roto. Doc, you, 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 last question here for you, bud. You, you put an article today on SI Fantasy about the tight end tiers. 
the four superstars you tabbed in tier one, Travis, and they went according to form here, Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, and Andrews. We've just now seen the second tier start with Waller. You have a tight end in that list, Tyler Higby, along with Ingram and Henry. You have Higby in that tier two with those other big names. A lot of people are doubting that what they saw last year, they didn't, they don't want to, it's, it's almost like they doubt what they saw with their own two eyes. Why, you have Higby up there in tier two. Yeah, it's interesting because Higby was uh, – the Rams were very happy to get Higby when they drafted him. But then mm-hmm. he got injured, and then Gerald Everett stepped up. And Everett right. showed a little bit of a promise. But the sure. truth was Higby was always the better player. So when Everett got hurt and Higby had the opportunity, he didn't, he didn't look back. I mean, this guy right. really had some big games at the end of last year. And I think right. what happens with Jared Goff, we know that Cooper Cup can't stay healthy, right? We've seen that. So Goff needs to trust his receivers. I think he trusts Cup, he trusts Woods, and I think he trusts Higby. That's big for, for, for Goff because Goff has a lot of confidence issues. And I think Goff is going to enjoy throwing a Cam Akers as well out of the backfield. I think that's going to help him a ton. So I think people are overlooking Higby. Look, is Higby a star? No, but I think he's got to be a top seven or top eight tight end. And I will give you some credit, too, Doc. Uh, you, you held true to your word also. Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs start in the SI Fantasy mock from earlier this summer. That magazine is out on shelves right now. A.J. Brown, Raheem Mostert from the 3-4 turn before the Mostert uh, stuff started happening. You took A.J. Brown at 3-12, amazing value. And then at the 5-6 turn, Terry McLaurin and Debo Samuel, who now, of course, has the injury and would have fell. But uh, it's, a good, it's a good mock from the 12 hole. Uh, and, the, and the 12 is a tough spot to draft because you get in the backside of those runs. If, you, if you're not careful, you get stuck. And, and that's, what we, uh, that's what we sometimes see from the 12 hole. Yeah, no, I mean, you've got to take a guy earlier than you want to sometimes. You've got to take more risks. So I knew that A.J. Brown wasn't coming back to me. So how to go get no. him. Debo Samuel, if this guy's healthy, are you telling me he's not a fourth or fifth round pick? So you've got to take chances. And I'm with Frankie. I love Raheem Mostert. And when, he, when that contact, contract situation was looking uh, murky and he wanted out, I was still drafting him because we saw what this guy could do. Sometimes people forget what they see. When you see a guy who looks like a stud and then they hear some bad news, they drop him two rounds. I don't drop the guy. I think he's a fourth round pick. And I think this guy could have a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns this year on a team that obviously wants to run the football. So, you know, don't ever panic. Pick your guys. All right. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. Dr. Roto, the new podcast starts up next week. The new SI Fantasy Podcast with Dr. Roto, Michael Fabiano, and the Fantasy Exec. We're looking forward to it, Doc. It's going to be a lot of fun. I am too, guys. All right. Have a great weekend. Take care, Frankie. Take it easy, Doc. Take care. All right, that is the Dr. Roto. Frankie, um, that's a good podcast, man. I know you're going to have some segments on there because you're going to be the, uh, the bridge to the world of professional gambling and, and the gambling world that's entering up and, and opening up all across the country. I know you're going to have a segment on the fantasy show, uh, and then you're going to also be doing a daily SI gambling show uh, every day, which is going to be exciting for players who are currently living in Indiana, New Jersey, uh, where else? Um, it's like only only th- only three or four states, right? Where it's uh, where where, where sports betting is is cool. Yep. Well, that's, that's, that's the of... truth. I mean, everybody's waiting for it to go across every country, you know, every state right now and go across the entire country. It's headed that way. It's just taking a little bit of time, and unfortunately, I think you know we're seeing a lot of problems in 
in uh, in government these days because obviously a lot of the uh, the areas of of different parts of the government and across the country are shut down due to the coronavirus. So obviously that's that's holding a lot of things up, but things are really moving and now. We're going to see it very soon. It'll be open in Denver, Colorado. You're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of sports betting there as well. And guys, uh, look, one of the concerns that I have for gambling is the the players, the people that take it. Um, they don't know how to control, right? They don't know how to put in the the, the proper controls and the proper roadblocks to to make it. Uh, and 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 I, I got to tell you, I've met a lot of people in my life uh, that are that you know enjoy gambling. I've never met somebody that lives and breathes it and is so good. You are, Frankie, you're just one of the best uh, interpreters of information, understanding the, 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 the chance of, you know, putting the, putting the money at risk. I, I guess that's, that's what I want to say. You, you know when you're putting money at risk and you know when not to. And, and, and look, the record speaks for itself. I want people to do it carefully and do it with the help that you're going to be providing at SI Gambling. I, that's, why, that's why I'm so excited to be providing it on the new Fantasy Pro channel. We're going to have two packages. We're going to have the SI Fantasy Plus package, guys. That's the season-long stuff. And then we're going to have the SI Fantasy Pro package, which is the DFS and gambling both. You get them both. There's no three packages. There's two. There's season-long if you want season-long. And then there's daily with gambling. Both include the magazine. You're going to get the magazine either way. So, Frankie, I'm really excited for you uh, to be doing that. Uh, let's get back to the let's get back to the fantasy draft here. Uh, there, there's a lot of different angles we can go. Let's let's start going back to the team breakdowns until we have our next guest uh, of the hour. Loot takers, the from the one hole, Dwayne Schmoyer, McCaffrey, Beckham, Lamar, Devontae Parker, David Johnson, not Duke Johnson, J.K. Dobbins, and Ronald Jones through seven rounds. Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down on this start? It's tough for me right now. I, I, I find, you know, listen, as we pointed out, it, it is important to always get a great quarterback, and he got one of the elite ones in the top two tier, and, and obviously that tier consists of only two players, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. But I think this is a, a striking case of, you know, for all fantasy owners out there to look and say, well, what happens when I actually do take one of them early? And I think it actually puts a little bit of a – stranglehold and a little bit, you know, it's going to make it difficult for him. I, obviously, any team with Christian McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson is, is going to have a great start. But then we look at, you know, he really needs Devontae Parker to hit. He's going to have to have David Johnson show that he still has something in the tank. And he's also going to have to take, obviously, now, uh, you know, for face value, he's going to have to believe what we're hearing out of Tampa Bay, that Ronald Jones is the man and it won't be uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. And if it's really, you know, Ronald Jones, who's always disappointed so far, fantasy owners, when he seems to have the opportunity, he's going to need those things for that team to really succeed. Uh, look, I, I, I'm going to give the team a, a thumbs up. I like the start. Anytime you can get David Johnson, I think, in the fifth round. By the way, he was my bust from last year, okay? But I don't hold grudges in fantasy sports, and you can't either. And David Johnson, uh, when he went out, was a what? What was, it? what was he, a top three running back when he went down with an injury? So this is a guy that, 28 years old, has a lot left in the tank. I didn't see a lot of regression. In, in I, I think I still saw what David Johnson was, and that is a, a player who can be heavily involved in an offense, and uh, he catches a lot of balls. So, look, 
it's not the special player, but in the fifth round, it's a different conversation than it was last year. Do you remember where you were taking him last year, Frankie? Or not where you no, were taking him, but where high-stakes players were taking David Johnson last year? Yeah. No, I mean, he, listen, he was – a lot of people loved him in the first round last year. And it was right. – loved him even – you know, and, you know, or falling early second round, depending on where you were looking. But a lot of people would take him in the first round. And I'm not only saying about what also uh, – what are we going to – how much left is in the tank. I might have shortchanged him a little bit there. But I'm also concerned about that offense as well. With DeAndre Hopkins now, not, you know, obviously in Arizona and no longer there because they were traded for each other. I, you know, is anyone really out there have 100% – you know, confidence that Will Fuller can really become, stay on the field and stay healthy and really lead no. that team. Well, no. if you don't have, if, but then if that's the case, then what kind of defenses, how many stack boxes is he going to face in that Houston offense? And if he's going to face oh, I don't, stack I don't boxes, think it's that bad. No, I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's that it, bad. I, I think, I think you're making a case for them to be playing from behind a lot and, and for David Johnson to catch a lot of dumpers. I mean, that's the, that's the counter argument to that. Look, look, if they're, if they're that bad, right. But, but who are the wide receivers? Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Brandon Cobb, and Kenny Stills, okay? There, there's a lot of those players that, those, that, that young, fresh defensive backs will look at and say, I can take you man-to-man. But there's also some speed there, and speed kills, and there's some, there's some talented players there. So, you know. Look, no, there's definitely it, it's talent. Kind of, there's no it, denying the talent. Yeah. I just question whether, you're, you know, you're talking about Brandon Cooks and you're talking about Will Fuller, two guys that, for me, have, you know, red flags galore because they have proven over the last several seasons they can't stay on the field. And if they can't stay on the field, and especially if both, both of those players go off the field at the same time, I don't know what kind of offense potential, you know, we're looking at with uh, the Houston Texans in 2020 if those two can't stay on the field. It's a lot of ifs, and it's a lot of ifs yeah. for players who have shown that they can't stay healthy. With that Dobbins, Ronald Jones at 6'7", Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs at 8'9", I know you love the Woo. Ruggs pick, uh, living in Hell Vegas. Yeah. You've been talking about Ruggs all offseason. We will uh, we'll, we'll break him down later. I, I, like that, I like that squad. That's a big thumbs up. Let's move on to Team 2. Team 2 is Daily Double. Everybody knows Daily Double by now if you play in the FFWC. Jerry Bryant, Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay. Allen Robinson, I can't complain with this start so far. DK Metcalf, can't complain. Zach Ertz, okay, fine. Look, this is where I'm probably not taking tight end, and I'm getting that RB2 with a big upside, right? I'm getting that DeAndre Swift. I'm swinging for the fences. You know, even with a David Montgomery, uh, somebody, uh, a Devin Singletary, something along those lines. I know you like Mostert. I'm, I'm taking my RB2 and probably solidifying that or even – because it's FFWC and three wide receivers and two flex, four wide receivers play ahead of the game. Um, But look, he obviously likes Ertz. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I think it is more of a timeshare at this point. I think there's a good chance that you can see Goddard and Ertz completely get uh, uh, more of a more closer to a 60, 40 split this year. And uh, you know, uh, Ertz is a great player, but again, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with, passing on the tight end, getting that high upside RB2, because we know this is when they go, Frankie. There's a run of running backs with that big upside. He's lucky. Uh, Loot takers and Daily Double were lucky to get J.K. Dobbins to fall there, because in my league, if I were on the other side, Dobbins would have never gotten there, right? Because those types of running backs should be gone by the time you get back. If you decide to pass and in the fifth on RB, I'm not giving you an RB2. 
No, I agree with you 100%. I mean, Zach Ertz, I mean, the potential, we know Carson Wentz. It, it, he's in line right now. If he can stay healthy, that's, he, you know, he, he, Zach Ertz can put up monster numbers. But, I mean, yeah. overall, even with those monster numbers, I think you're 100% right, right on here, Scott. Because if you just look, you know, r- round seven and eight, you have two tight ends that went later and off the board, at, you know, way after two, two, three rounds later, you know, behind Zach Ertz and Darren Waller and Tyler Higby who have the potential right now to put up numbers that are comparative to, you know, they're totally comparable to, you know, what you're going to see from Zach Ertz. So for me right now, I totally agree with you. I think that he should have really solidified that position. I'm not, you know, I love his start. I think rounds one through four, I'm a huge fan of his start. I think I, I, I love all those players. I think he nailed all of their draft positions, who he had on the board. I, I, I like all those players. But I think in round five and six, it's a little bit questionable. I like how he did come back, though, with Darius Slayton in round seven. I'm very high on him. As Michael Fabiano was talking about earlier in the program, you know, saying about uh, that he was high on uh, Daniel Jones this season, so am I. Yeah. And I think the number one target – and the number one beneficiary in that passing game this year will be Darius Slayton. And that kid from Auburn, he really can play ball. And I, and I, I think he showed a lot of people last year. And I think his progression this season is going gonna, is gonna to really shock people. I think he's excellent value in round seven. I, I will just say I'm, I'm okay with the Ertz pick. I can live with it, although I, have a, I kind of have a thing for DeAndre Swift. I really want to get him locked into a lot of drafts in that fifth round. But I can live with Ertz. I mean, the guy is is really incredible. I mean, I think, you know, we can complain a lot of, about a lot of things. You really can't complain about a Zach Ertz in the fifth round. I think he's the most receptions in NFL history through their first seven seasons. That's an amazing thing. Leads all tight ends with 291 targets over the past two seasons. That's an amazing thing. There's a lot to like about Ertz. But you can't take Will Fuller in six when Dobbins and you know is on the board there. Dobbins, Ronald Jones – Upside running backs. I'll complain about that. I love the seventh round pick in Darius Slayton. There is carry on Johnson. He's taking, of course, to see. So maybe he, maybe he has a thing where he's not ready to anoint DeAndre Swift. Like we are Jerry Bryant, daily double, get yourself into some dynasty league, bro. You would have been on DeAndre Swift this year. Let's look at Mr. Blonde. We already talked about uh, most of his team here. Elliot Evans, AJ Brown, Sutton McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, he waits. He gets his five wide receivers. What kind of running backs will he get in the seventh, eighth, and ninth? Well, he fires away, Frankie. James White, Jordan Howard, and Antonio Gibson. I like it. Yeah. I like what he did yeah, well, there. I, yeah, 100%. Especially after the news that we're hearing tonight, obviously, with uh, Darius Geist being released uh, due to off-the-field problems. And I, I, I expect that Gibson will probably rise even higher than round nine. I'm not so sure if any of the drafters uh, in this league tonight, maybe some of them weren't even aware of the guy's news. And the guy's news is just going to continue to spread and have a domino effect on all drafts going forward. So I think that he got excellent value on, in terms of grabbing Gibson in round nine. I'm not, so, I'm not that big of a fan of Jordan Howard. I won't, I won't you know, try to say that I am. I really do think that I, you know, obviously, I think Matt Breeder is the back to own in Miami this season. I am, though, a huge fan of the of the pick in round seven and James White. We talked about that earlier when Doc was on the program. And, I'll, you know, obviously, this team is stacked. And, I mean, you know, right off the top, I mean, we see that he has that bell cow and Ezekiel Elliott in spot three, and that's someone who carries fantasy teams. Yeah, and look, um, a lot of people, we, we, we wrote up, the, uh, I wrote up that email right before the show with the um, the Washington backfield situation, Antonio Gibson, Adrian Peterson, what will we see there? 
Derek Henderson, by the way, had a much more impressive Memphis season uh, in, in his junior year. 1,900 yards on 214 carries, Frankie. Nobody seems to want him. I know they have Cam Akers there, but 200 carries, 1,900. I can understand why you didn't get carries in front of Todd Gurley, okay? I mean, I, I get that. Um, and But but 200 carries, 1,900 yards at Memphis. Antonio Gibson is not that type of player. 38 receptions, 735 yards, 33 carries, 369 yards in his senior year at Memphis. Much more of a jack-of-all-trades type of uh of a player there. We didn't even know what position he was going to be, whether he was going to be wide receiver or running back. I don't think Adrian Peterson can get the 200 carries again, but he is Iron Man. He is Mr. America. Uh, you know, he did, he is a, a future hall of famer and, and, and his yards per carry weren't, you know, weren't terrible. 4.3 yards per carry. It's not terrible for, for a guy, his age on a team that bad that was stacking the box for the most part, he, he still got something done. So I, I look for him to, to play a role in the offense for sure. And then you got a bunch of uh, Barber and McKissick and all that stuff. Maybe a Bryce Love gets in there. But Gibson is the exciting, intriguing one of the bunch. No, definitely, without a doubt. I mean, he, he's going to be the wild card in, the, in, in our, you know, in that entire offense right now and for fantasy owners. And that's going to be one of the interesting uh, aspects that all fantasy owners are going to have to adjust during these COVID times. Normally, we'd be looking forward to following and viewing you know, preseason games. And obviously we normally that's where we would be able to say, oh, wow, this guy's showing out. You know, this guy's having a great preseason and we're not really going to have that opportunity. So now we're going to be dependent upon a lot of the times we're going to have to only be, you know, hearing what the coaches are saying, because even a lot of times right now, even here in Las Vegas, it's very difficult to get on the sidelines to practice right now because they're keeping media out of there because they're worried about keeping their players healthy, you know, and keeping them more or less inside of a bubble during this preseason to keep the, you know, limit the, the amount of exposure or the spread of the coronavirus. So it's going to be a little bit interesting to see who really emerges. Like you said, Adrian Peterson, he should be the favorite because he has the experience. How much of a workload does Gibson get? We're going to have to only rely upon the coaches. And I don't know how much really, you know, you put a lot of skepticism into that because if it was a coach like obviously Bill Belichick, we know that they like to keep things close to the best and maybe not always reveal who's emerging and who's taking part because they don't want other teams to be able to game plan and scheme defensively to take away those players. So it's going to be interesting to see how high people are going to be, you know, willing to go out and step out on the ledge and grab Gibson in these middle rounds now in fantasy upon the Geist News. Let's go back to the end of the first round. Let's hop back to the back. Uh, we, we did the first couple of teams. Let's go to the back here real quick. Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb from the 12 hole. We like that start. Those are a couple of good players, a couple of two different types of players, right? Uh, you, you, but you get your RB1, you get your RB2. Now let's start firing away at some wide receivers. He takes Robert Woods. I know you like Calvin Ridley. Uh, Robert Woods at 312. There are some people on our team that are that are higher than I am at Robert Woods, but he is wide receiver 18 ADP. He's going wide receiver 16 here. So if you like him, go get him. He's Jared Goff's number one or number two, whatever you want to call him. One one A there with Cooper Cup. Leonard Fournette, Fournette is the is the one that I want to talk about because it is a another polarizing figure. You either are okay with him or you hate him. Okay, I think that's. You know, you won't you won't draft him. He's either on your do not draft list or you're okay with him because he falls. He falls to RB18 at, at 4-1. Uh, 
in the advanced ADP that's available if you're a premium member here at Sports Illustrated Family uh, Fantasy, which most of you are, RB15 with a high low of 20 and 30. So, Frankie, he's getting him later than anybody has let him fall by a full seven picks. Is that a, isn't that about the time you got to take kind of swing and get out the, the value net and say, okay, I have to do it? A hundred percent, especially when you talk about a guy like Leonard Fournette right now. If we just look at that offense, that offense is going to be predicated upon the run. We know that Gardner Minshew was there, but I mean, Leonard Fournette, he's one of the few players that you know he's not coming off the field very often. He's going to be a bell cow, and he's going to get you 20 carries a game. There's really, you know, as long as he stays healthy, this guy will produce in fantasy football. To get him at that point in the fourth round, for me, I think is the absolute feel so far of the entire draft that we're seeing unfold. Yeah, you've got to look at ADP, guys. Advanced ADP, the high-low. If you see a player that's dipping out of that, there's a reason that that's happening, and it it may just be, you know, personal disinterest or the way the draft is kind of flowing. It's hard to turn that down. I know he had two running backs on the board, but look, you can get wide receivers, and sure enough, he does. He he goes ahead and takes Marquise Brown at 5'12", and A.J. Green at 6'1". That's a pretty interesting turn. Mark, Marquise Hollywood Brown with high upside. A.J. Green with, uh, you know, a comeback player of the year candidate if he can stay healthy with Joe Burrow. Now, a lot of people are saying it's too far removed for A.J. Green. It's been too long. You're coming back here. Uh, his high-low ADP window is 61 to 73, which means it's the end of the fifth, end of the sixth. He's a sixth-round pick, and he's taking him right at the basically the top of that ADP there, A.J. Green, Marquise Brown. Yeah, Scott, I mean, obviously that's, that's a question that all fantasy owners are going to have to answer this year in terms of that Cincinnati offense. We know that Joe Burrow is going to be, you know, uh, obviously uh, a, a player that a lot of players, are gonna, you know, fantasy owners are going to be banking on because, let's face it, the, the Sharps out here, the oddsmakers out in Las Vegas, they're not projecting very many wins for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I've had access right now to some of the early spreads on a lot of their games. And guess what? They're projected to lose a lot of those games. If they're losing a lot of games, all fantasy owners know that means that's full pass mode comes second half of games. Full pass mode in the second half of games equals fantasy gold. And fantasy gold could be A.J. Green. The question is, how much do we really expect to be in the tank for A.J. Green when we haven't seen him step on a football field, Scott, since 2018? That's a long ways away that we haven't seen him on the field catching passes. But if he is if he is able to come back to any kind of that form, he actually could really, you know, reward fantasy owners and getting him at the very last pick of the sixth round, obviously what we're talking about immense value right there. But for me overall, if I had a choice, I'm still for me, I think Tyler Boyd is the wide receiver I'd prefer to target on that offense, but obviously he wasn't on the board for him here coming back around in the sixth round. I kind of maybe, you know, I listen, Marquise Brown, I love, I would have preferred that maybe he would have grabbed um, Tyler Boyd, maybe there, or even, you know, if, 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 uh, you know, if he had the opportunity as opposed to going AJ green, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, there's a couple of wide receivers there that, you know, for me, I, I, I kind of would have looked at, you know, Marquise Brown is, seems like he's more of a one dimensional player. He needs to hit that home run. You know, I'm worried about the games that, you know, he gets two for 60, you know, because they're trying to hit that home run ball with, you know, with Lamar Jackson. I don't know if he's going to be one of those guys that's going to, you can depend on to get you eight or 10 receptions per week or, you know, when you really need it. You're going to need those two touchdown games 
really to get the performance and the value out of getting Brown in the fifth round. But A.J. Green, as you said, Scott, he's going to be a wild card in all draft this year. Just how much does he really have left? Man, I, I zoned out a little bit there, Frankie Fantasy. I, I, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I zoned out, man. You just kept you, you 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 flooded me. You flooded the zone. But look, that's that's what it's about, man. That's uh that's that's what we're all here to do. Is we're we're here to talk and chat, man. I'll tell you, fantasy Twitter is a trip, boy. Fantasy Twitter is a trip. This draft is fun. There's a lot going on. Uh, we've got a zero wide receiver or zero RB draft. We talked about with that first four start there from Elmer Adams, Julio, Juju. James Conner coming back with Stefan Diggs in the fifth after you had your three wide receivers you're pretty much set you're taking Diggs so he's your flex okay and that's okay you know you need two flex in this format Mark Andrews Dak Prescott bam bam you're taking stud tight end coming back and getting stud quarterback before the next guy because you knew he didn't have the 12 team didn't have one too you've always got to watch those runs right and you know that the 12 team doesn't if you like Dak more than Kyler take him he gets Kyler because if you're the only 11 12 turn and you don't get your quarterback you don't know when that run might happen and then you're on the other side so I, I don't have any problem there his RB2 candidates here that he took Tariq Cohen Zach Moss and a real interesting flyer in DeAndre Washington, Frankie. Um, let's take a call real quick before we before we have you break this down. Nine one seven area code. You're on with Frankie and Scott here at Red vs. Blue. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Ash. Oh, what's going on, man? Oh. Ash is in this draft. Ash, let's let's go take a look at your yeah. team, man. What do you what do you what do you think tonight? This is Square Hammer, Frankie. Okay. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, DeAndre Hopkins, Amari Cooper to start. Um, I mean, uh, look, I, there's some high-stakes players are calling DeAndre Hopkins the number one wide receiver on their board, having a Michael Thomas-type season. Well, let's see if he can get that chemistry going with Kyler. Kyler would be a fool not to figure out a way to develop that chemistry with Hopkins in this, in this uh, time that he has with him. Amari Cooper at 3-9. Ash, uh, did you give any um, – any was who else was tugging at you here? Anybody, or was Cooper the guy that you wanted? I was thinking Juju, but I, I kind of okay. like Cooper in that offense. Um, you know, yeah. I think that's going to be a really high-powered offense. So I like them there. Um, so I just figured I'd come back. I knew I'd get a decent running back coming back that gets a lot of volume. So you know, I figured let me go with the guy who's going to have a lot of high upside. Tell everybody where you're from, Ash. Uh, Staten Island, New York. How are things up there? You, 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 you didn't have any, you didn't have any uh, power issues or anything going up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the day of the storm, we lost power for about five hours. Okay, not not fifty five hours like the exec did, man. He was out for a while. No. Yeah, no. There's still parts of Staten Island that are out. And you're in a, and you do the, you're, you're no, in the travel biz, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, right now it's hurting, obviously. But, yeah, we do yeah. Uh, the travel. We we helped you guys out a little bit last year with yep. the Vegas trip. Um, yep. You know, and uh, things are rough right now. But, you know, I'm also a retired cop, so I got my pension. So I'm good. You know, I'm not really too worried about it. <laughs> oh, man, brother. We are, you got out at the right time, man. You got out at the right time. This, yes, is, a, this, is, a nice, this is a nice break then, a, a nice relief, uh, a nice good hobby pastime. Get away from the real life and get into some fantasy uh, which 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 wide receiver trio? I saw this from Mike Clay on ESPN. Which wide receiver? Uh, which team has the best set of wide receivers? Is it Dallas? Does Dallas have 
Tampa Bay beat? I think they're up there. I mean, obviously, Tampa Bay goes definitely deep 1-2, but Dallas goes 1-2-3. So, I right. think, you know, it's definitely Dallas. Um, but, Atlanta, um, maybe? You know, uh, yeah, I mean, Atlanta's very good in that position as well. Um, you know, there's a few teams that are really strong, but it's about the quarterback play. So, Brady and Tampa is very good. And then Dak and Dallas, I think, give them both the edge there. Although, I hate to well, say that as I'm – a Jets fan, and I can't stand Brady. <laughs> yeah. There's three Jets fans. There's three Jets fans on the phone right now. This is incredible. Let's talk about that, uh, Frankie. Uh, you'll be you'll be pleased about this, Ash. Frankie said on a Sports Illustrated video the other day with the Giants publisher, or was it the Jets publisher, the that Jets Le'Veon publisher. the Jets that Le'Veon is a better running back than Saquon Barkley, bro. Uh, Frankie, go ahead and tell tell us the, your rationale behind that that comment. It was a it was a, an eye opener for most of us. Yeah, well, listen, the, the, the exact statement was that Le'Veon is the best player, uh, best football player in all of the New York's area to don the number 26 jersey. And I, and I, I, I based that, though, and there's also, a, a, you know, a little bit of a, an amendment to it as well. Le'Veon Bell, to me, I, mean, it's, I find it incredible for me to believe that a player that was going in first overall, second overall, third overall, is now considered to be not the most talented running back in all, in all of New York right now. But for me, obviously, the biggest problem is I have a problem with Le'Veon Bell being the productive kind of fantasy player because I don't believe in Adam Gates. Adam Gates, in my opinion, should not be a head coach in the NFL at any point. I, he, he does not have any clue how to deal with star talent. I believe that Le'Veon Bell will be the next star player to leave New York City. And that's unfortunate because as a Jets fan, I believe that we're losing talent. But Le'Veon Bell, to me, I believe has so much more talent. And I base that upon if Le'Veon Bell right now was the, running, was the running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, or if he was the running back right now in Tampa Bay, where would he be going? He'd be going in probably the, maybe the top three, four picks because everybody would want him. Just because he's on the Jets, obviously it's the team and it's the coach. The coach isn't really in love with the player. So when I say that, I think Le'Veon Bell is a better running back right now in 2020 than Saquon Barkley is. The difference is that Saquon Barkley has a coach that knows how to utilize him. Ooh, Ash, what do you think about that, bud? uh, Well, listen, I mean, obviously um, I love Lev. He, you know, as a Jets fan and, 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 you know, knowing what he can do when he was with Pittsburgh. Obviously, I think he was not utilized properly last year, but I think that had a lot to do with our horrendous offensive line. Yeah, so I'm yeah, hoping yeah. that um, this year the offensive line will be better. He's going to get the volume. Um, I'm not really worried about Gore getting any carries. It's not many anyway, but, uh, you know, he's going to get his carries. He's going to get his receptions. Um, he's definitely going to be out there, um, you know, getting a lot of volume. So as long as he gets the volume where I got him, I'm really happy, and, you know, I'm hoping that uh, Gates proves us all wrong and, you know, can do something right. better than right. what he's done. But, hey, hey, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, that's exactly what I said to Frankie before the call, man. I am Mr. Unlimited, man, when it comes to my Jets, bro. I am, I am not going negative. I am not going – I mean, there's all kinds of things to get negative about. First it was Adams, and then it was Mosley. And uh, look, we've got Denzel Mims, we've got Brashad Perryman, we got Makai Becton, we've got uh, Avery Williamson coming back. We've and you've got, got five uh, and a half wins. 
we got Quinn and Williams returning. There's no way we, we're under six wins, bro. No way. Not this team. No way. Mosley did not help us with, uh, last year, so losing him doesn't hurt us this year. Uh, I mean, he, he didn't help us last year. So, um, look, Ash, Ash is, is, well, are you on the clock, Ash? Oh, you're on deck. No, no, not yet. Yeah. Um, no, I just feel that, um, you know, I do feel Mosley, especially since we traded, uh, you know, Jamal, um, you know, losing Mosley hurts us up the middle. I was really happy with the trade of Jamal. Honestly, I was kind of tired of the, the whole story. So I'm like, Hey, good riddance. Um, you know, as far as I was concerned, but, um, you know, I just think that chance to, um, be a decent defense with Mosley in there. I mean, I don't think it's yep. a huge loss because we did it last year without him, but he would have been a nice nice thing to – I mean, I remember the first game at Buffalo, he was all over the field. Yeah, yeah. Get your wide receiver here, man. you got to get you got to get another wide out here. Get you, get you another – got four did. wide receivers on the board. You need to get another wide receiver here. Yeah. This is this is FFWC, man. You got – yeah, you got two quarterbacks. I, I see two it. tight ends. Well, I picked my tight end because I figured I'd use him in the flex. I figured Henry and him yeah. be a nice combination. And I just took, uh, you know, Alshon, so I figure, yeah, okay. I was weak at wide receiver. I definitely want some more, but, you know, I'll, I'll hope to hit on some, some rookies or something on that. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put you on hold if you want to keep listening. I've got to bring on the next guest uh, on the program. Good luck, Ash, in this draft. Your team's looking good. Look, uh, we, we've been adding to this team this year. I'm so incredibly thrilled uh, to present uh, one of our new fantasy analysts, uh, been absolutely crushing golf for us and uh, has a lot of NFL talent as well. Ben Heisler. Ben Heisler is with us and, bre- and makes his Red versus Blue debut. Benny, what's going on, man? Scotty, how you living, man? How you been? Dude, I, I'm, I have been wearing – I've been rocking my Lamar Jackson jersey all day. Um, we've, uh, we've had a good day. It's been busy for SI Fantasy. I've talked to you a couple times. i talked to Frankie. We've got the team rolling. There's a lot of good. Th- I mean, look, Indianapolis is a beautiful day today. What about you guys? Let's see. We uh, we've had some incredible weather in Kansas City. Yeah. Normally, right around yeah. this time, it's you're like fall. you're shooting ninety. Yeah, well, right now it's it felt like fall. Normally, you're shooting ninety ninety five. Got some humidity at around the seventy to eighty percent level, but really right. throughout the entirety of the week, we've been good. Honestly, Scott, because I, I just started picking up golf again. You know, for the first time yep. in about eighteen twenty years, I was trying to think to myself, all right, we got. We got a lot going on, man. It's it's August. We're trying to get the the, the site completely ready to go. I was thinking yeah. to myself, like, how how can I get away in the seventy degree weather to go and just shoot nine? And there was no time, so I got to figure out a way to do it over the weekend. You do, man. You got you got to you got to find your uh, you got to find your spots and just work with the team, man. The team that's what the team's here for. You know, we're all. Uh, it, it, August is crazy. Like I told you on the phone, August is crazy, and uh, we've got a fun draft going on here. I sent you the time. draft board. I sent you the draft board. You you put out your first preseason pro last year uh, last week, and there is a well, earlier earlier this past week, and you put on there a sleeper wide receiver that we're gonna go ahead and give it away for free on this board because well actually everybody in this chat room that they the in 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 the draft they're members anyway because to be playing in the FFWC you have to be a member so there's no secrets here you you talked about Jalen Rager and he went in the ninth round tonight wide receiver 48 to Mr B's balls. Uh, and Jalen Rager is at advanced ADP. Where's he at? If I keep scrolling down here on the list, Rager, Rager, Rager. There he is, wide receiver 57. He went ahead. So you're already pushing the number up. His wide receiver's 57. He went <laughs> wide receiver 48. Talk about your love for Rager and what you see in him that makes him uh, a pick there for you. 
Yeah, I thought Frankie was the only guy that seemed to move the line around here, but uh, maybe I'm going to be able to add to that just a little bit as well. I, you know what? I, the thing about Rager is that so much of it is, is talent, but it's also about opportunity. Look at what the Eagles wide receivers did a season ago. Nobody could stay healthy. Alshon Jeffrey was on and off the field. Deshaun Jackson Frank had Ward. that incredible week one that ended up probably winning somebody a million dollars on DraftKings by getting them at probably sub 3%. Right. But after yep. that, there's, there's, there's nobody else that's really going to be from the wide receiver group really going to be able to dominate the opportunities for volume and targets. You have Zach Ertz, who's going to be a consistent, reliable tight end. Dallas Goddard continues to make an impact every year. And then you have Miles Sanders, who's going to be involved in the passing game. When it comes to other running backs, if you're looking to try and find some comparison to how you know Miles Sanders is going to be used it's probably going to be similar to Christian McCaffrey in the form of that amount of time on the field we're talking maybe 80 to 85 percent of the snaps so with Rieger on the field for Philadelphia who else is going to be able to take that volume who else is going to own that target share I understand he's going right now wide receiver 57 to ADP of 125, but I think the volume and the opportunity from day one are going to be there for him. And he's got a 447 speed. He can move all over the field. Doug Peterson likes versatile guys, Scotty. So I I just think he's in an advantageous spot to really produce right from the get go. I really like him a lot. Um, I I had him ranked right outside the right around actually uh, 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 the Justin Jefferson pick in the rookie drafts. Uh, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm considering I'm considering Rager or Jefferson right around the same spot because of what he brings to the table. I mean, if you just look at his tape and you go to you, I mean, I, and I, I'm like everybody else, right? You go to YouTube and you just watch, relive his big moments and big plays, and you ask yourself, what is he? It, it, does that game translate? It looks like it translates in a lot of different ways as a legit wide receiver one type player with the ability to just make plays all over the field. It's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm a little concerned that I keep hearing out of uh, sources that follow the Eagles that it's, that it's special teams and a contribution versus just unleashing, man. Let him unleash and let him go. But I, I like that. You're also high on a couple of other players uh, in your preseason pro. You talked about Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell, kind of a duo uh, to, to pick up late in draft as we kind of get into this stage of the draft. We see Michael Pittman went in the 13th round. Uh, have we seen? Have we seen the other? Um, have we seen Paris Campbell go yet? It should be. Look, we'll be talking about him, and he'll go round uh, 11. Pittman. Yes, he okay. did. He went right. at the end of. Uh, looks like he went at the end of round 11. So he actually went a couple rounds before Pittman. That might be the the fastest that I've seen Paris Campbell go off the board right in that 11th round. So uh, maybe another guy that we're starting to move up the draft boards a little bit. Yeah, you're moving the line. Frankie, what do you think about Phillip Rivers bring, coming to the Colts? The Colts, to me, and I, and I live in Indianapolis, so I have to hear it from all my neighbors, all my friends. They're all Colts fans. And the kids get bullied because they don't, you know, they, you know, they, they like to, my son likes Lamar, and one of, the, one of the kids likes, you know, uh, my other son likes the Dolphins. It's a mess in this house. Um, but the Colts are a well-rounded, well-oiled machine. They have no weaknesses if you look at the entire offense defense landscape, they are just, I mean, if, if you say a weakness is not having Pat Mahomes is really at this point, that's the problem with, with the Colts, but they've got a lot going for them, Frankie. So if, if they have the offense and it's opened up with running backs and, and with Phillip rivers coming, what's not to like about a couple of late stashing catches like Pittman and Campbell. No, totally. I mean, I, I, I'm hundred percent in agreement with you there, Scott, especially behind that offensive line. You're talking about all give you the best offensive line in all of football. I mean, that's the reason why, 
prior to the news of Damian Williams opting out of the 2020 season due to the coronavirus concerns, that Jonathan Taylor was my number one rookie running back to target in all of fantasy this year. Obviously, that news has changed with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's role now, you know, become, being the starter on the best offense in all of football. But yeah. Jonathan Taylor, I, you, you nailed it, but with uh, Philip Rivers now being on the center, there is no reason why a guy like Paris Campbell, there's more stability there, there's veteran leadership, and there's T.Y. Hilton. So if T.Y. Hilton's going to get the, you know, obviously he's going to be drawing the, the opposing team's number one DB on a weekly basis, and Jonathan Taylor, you know, and Marlon Mack, they're going to be a solid one-two combination. I think that Mac- Taylor is actually the back-to-own over Marlon Mack. But that makes Par- uh, Campbell definitely one of the players to stash. I think that was great value in round 11 by Fantasy Noob. Benny, we've got to get you into one of these leagues. When we started this, the, the high-stakes community had a – they were 10-man they were lineups, okay, across the WCOF, the NFFC, even the FFPC, who does one-and-a-half-point tight end. They had 10-man starting lineups. And we came out and we said uh, in our se- – we, we actually flipped in our second year. We went to the 11-man starting lineup. You know, it's like from the seven-second abs to the six-second – you know. Um, we did that 11th man. That 11th man in a 20-man roster is very difficult to game plan for and to draft for. Have you ever played in an 11-man starting lineup uh, football league? fantasy league i have not no okay. i haven't you know i've messed around with a little bit of super flex leagues and tried to move some players here and there but no the 11 man yeah. league is is a little bit more uh it's, it's something that i'm willing to give a try this year though for sure yeah we're definitely going to get you in uh in into uh into some leagues uh and the 11th man uh is is it's it, it was designed to separate sort of the the, the competition a little bit because it seems like with the shorter roster, the shorter lineups, you, it kind of bails out the average drafter because they can kind of take, you know, any any player, uh, any any player at a position, especially the one and a half points per tight end. When you add another position that can bail you out, right? It sort of it, it brings the median everybody closer to the median versus allowing an experienced drafter to grab an extra player that you know you're going to be able to count on week to week and put him into your lineup, and it kind of separates. Uh, separates the competition a little bit. Let's talk about another player that you brought broke down in your preseason pro. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm kind of angry at you for this one, but it, but it is, there is some good reasoning here. Devonte Parker, you call him your bust uh, for 2020. Talk about Devonte Parker and, and how those words, those slanderous words could come out of your mouth. <laughs> I, I'll say this about, about Devonte Parker. I was very impressed by the season that he put together, especially in the Thank second you. half from the Thank season you. ago. And listen, Thank listen, he he deserves and and has earned you know the the proper respect to be a wide receiver that's going the the mid to twenties, uh, possibly even the the low thirties. And then if you get him in sort of that wide receiver thirty two plus range, then yeah, it's good value for a guy like Devonte Parker. But but okay. here are my concerns. So. First of all, he was still a disappearing act up until the, you know, the second half of last year. Preston Williams was the guy in this offense that was producing. That was the lead wide receiver one in this offense. Once he Love goes him. down with a torn ACL and he was actually having a, a fantastic game, uh, then Parker stepped up. And you also had sort of that wild card in Ryan, in Ryan Fitzpatrick. We saw the numbers that he put up in Tampa Bay the year before that. Uh, taking chances, taking opportunities down the field. Uh, Parker's yards after catch was tremendous. Uh, he was awesome as far as, uh, as far as being able to go downfield. Mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick is the perfect type of quarterback for Devontae Parker. 
to be able to use that athleticism, the 50-50 balls. At some point, you guys, they're going to make that switch over to Tua Tagovailoa. And, and Fitzpatrick has even admitted it. Yeah. He knows that his job is to help prepare Tua for this next opportunity. And, and so once that goes away, Tua is not that type of quarterback. He's an incredible talent, but I think he's going to spread the ball around. You saw that at Alabama. He's going to use the middle of the field. Mike Kosecki is going to have an awesome season, awesome season the moment that Tua gets involved. He still might have a good season with Ryan Fitzpatrick involved as well. Um, they, they're already losing two guys uh, in the middle of their lineup with Alan Hearns and um, oh, Albert Wilson, uh, who both decided to opt out this year. So maybe that opens up a few more targets for Parker. I just don't think the expectations for him, you know, considering the numbers he put up a season ago, I think are in large part to a quarterback that he may not play with, as well as uh, you know another wide receiver who wasn't on the field and he was soaking up the majority of his targets. It feels like everything is going against Parker heading into the 2020 season for me, and that's why he's my number one bust. All right. Well, look, it's well-reasoned. I'm, I'm not mad at you. I do like Gasecki. I love Preston Williams. I think they're going to be a really dangerous team in the AFC East uh, for the Buffalo Bills to contend with, and hopefully one day my New York Jets. Uh, but you are the first person ever on Red vs. Blue to try to pronounce Tua's last name. I want to hear it one more time just so I'm clear of how close you came. Let me hear it. All right. All right, it's Tua Tagovailoa, and it's a really fun name to say when you're trying to do a Harriet Carey impression, because that was the king of, of screwing tell, tell me, tell me about Tua Tagovailoa. I've never heard that one. That's a good one, man. Well, well done. There, I, thought was tongue, there, I thought it was tongue. I thought it was tongue. Oh, by Harry Carey. I, I thought it was. I don't think there's unless the, unless the end is well. There's no end. You know, I listen. Yeah, well, there's, there's not, but it, but, it, but it, but it, but it's, but they've always, they always said it on, on call. It was tongue of Iloa, tongue of Iloa, tongue of Iloa. Right, so I, I listen, tongue of Iloa, tongue of Iloa. I, I think at some point we're, we're all fairly close. We'll have to, we'll have to ask. <laughs> this the is next worse than the Bianca Batuka years. This is, do you remember the Bianca Batuka <laughs> years? How old are you, man? I don't know. I'm 32, but I do remember okay. Tim Bianca Batuka. You do. Okay. All right. I do. I we had a we had a uh, there there was a um, Johnny Renshaw was a uh, a radio jock and he he always did the Bianca Batuka segment it was just so so funny. Uh, okay, well this was uh, this was great, man. It, it's uh, we're gonna get you in a league. Uh, get ready. You've got the ADP. You've got all these things now. Uh, you'll you'll be able to sit down and have a draft. Are you a drafter that likes? Do, do you start getting into drafts now typically, or are you one of the guys that wants to wait until the last couple of weeks right before the season starts? Yeah, I'll do some best ball leagues here and there to get things started. Obviously, I think we're all a part of Scott Fishbowl uh, from earlier in July. So that was a a draft that I was involved in. But normally, yeah, I I like to try and hold off usually the the longtime league that I've been in. Uh, We try to get it done the Sunday night before the Thursday night game to kick off the NFL season. So I I like to wait. I like so I just kind of feels like it's more of an an advantageous situation for everybody. You really get a sense of of what players are going to be available. And even if some guy gets randomly cut, um, everyone's sort of on the same playing field a little bit. So I, I think that's the ideal time for me to draft. But, I mean, it's draft season the moment that August 1st rolls around. Absolutely. Benny Heisler, uh, involved in our – heavily involved in everything we're doing from football to golf to the podcast that we're getting ready to do, all the video conversations that we're going to be having. I know you guys are going to be doing DFS and gambling on your segments and on your shows. No and doubt. I know you're going to be involved in the fantasy. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, how can they follow you on Twitter uh, where, where everybody can find you? 
Yeah, they can go to at Benny Heis, B-E-N-N-Y-H-E-I-S. Good combination of a little bit of videos, a little bit of fun, certainly plenty of content uh, and wackiness along the way. So, yeah, always, always good. Always an opportunity to engage with uh, with new followers, people that are interested in what we're doing over at SI and full time and SI Fantasy Plus. So um, we're, we're active, we're involved and we're, we're here to have a good time. We are full time, bro. It is it, there is it is no joke. Once you're, full, once you're full time, you are full. Benny Heisler uh, cracking the cherry for Red vs. Blue, man. Good to hear from you. All right, guys. Be good. All right, that's Ben Heisler. Frankie, uh, let's get back to this draft. Uh, let's go back to where we were. Um, actually, let's flip back. I, I like to flip up and, and, and kind of surprise everybody. Mr. Blonde, we talked about with Andrew Palermo getting the running backs. Let's talk about Bada Bing. Bada Bing, Jem Scarnati, uh, a great player, been, been with us for a long time, and um, puts together great teams. Alvin Kamara, Josh Jacobs at 2-9. He had to be so so happy to get Josh Jacobs and look what he does George Kittle who I think is the number one tight end this year I think we are just scratching the surface with George Kittle Uh, that start is absolutely phenomenal let's look and see what he does at wide receiver he knows he has to fire away Frankie Tyler Lockett in the fourth T.Y. Hilton in the fifth Marvin Jones safe play in the sixth and maybe that's what he needed there just kind of Land the plane, Frankie. Land the plane with that wide receiver three. Don't get risky. Get that wide receiver three that you know is going to be out on the field and is in a high-volume offense. Yeah, I mean, right right here, I, I love this start. And this actually reminds me of what I actually covered for um, SI Fantasy, and it's the zero wide receiver philosophy. It's, it's totally ignoring the wide receiver philosophy, you know, the wide receiver position for the first several rounds. And we see that. We talked about um, earlier where we, we, where we saw the inverse, where Team Elmer went for uh, the three wide receivers in a row when I was worried about having questionable running backs. Now we see this here, and we see what Bada Bing did. He landed Alvin Kamara, absolute stud. He landed Josh Jacobs, incredible value. Then he gets, obviously, the 1A at the tight end position in George Kittle. Then he gets three really good wide receivers. He was actually only a couple picks away from really hitting a home run start here in having Tyler Lockett, T.Y. Hilton. But imagine in round six, if just two more picks, if Julian Edelman would have been able to fool to him instead of Marvin Jones, I would have loved to have seen that happen, especially in PPR formats, because I think all you're going to see is Julian Edelman just get completely peppered this season with targets. So for me, this is a great, great start. And then if we look at Scotty, round seven through 10, he just nails the running back position as well. He grabs Matt Breida, who I'm high on, and I think that he is the running back to own in Miami. Two rounds later in round nine, he gets the running back. I think that is going to be the running back to own in Tampa Bay, despite everything we're hearing from Bruce Arians this week, which is Keyshawn Boyne. I, you know, I think that Boyne is really going to be the player to own. I don't, I'm not buying, the, you know, and I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid that Ronald Jones is going to be that player. I think by the season's end, we're going to see that Boyne is going to be the guy. I don't think that they invested a third-round pick on someone they're not going to utilize this season. And then, of course, Scotty, he gets the, he gets the quarterback in round 11, who's my comeback player of the year, and that's Matthew Stafford. So he does have that connection, though, with Marvin Jones and Stafford. He's going to be hoping on game days to see Stafford in the red zone target Marvin Jones and not so much Kenny Galladay, who did lead the NFL last season in touchdown receptions. Okay. Look, that's a lot, that's a lot to say about the team. I, I, 
I don't think I've ever seen a team try to win in the FFWC and only have three wide receivers through 14 rounds. Okay. Uh, you have to, I mean, first of all, we've got COVID-19 to deal with. We like we've never had before, not to mention you have to have healthy players. Uh, you will have bye weeks. You may have missed games. You may have called off games. Certain, certain teams might say, you know, Seattle might say, Hey, we, we had a break at, you know, no fault of Tyler Lockett's and he has to sit out this week because there's no Seattle game. And so in this year, in the COVID-19, COVID-2020 year, you, you can't just forget a, a position that needs depth desperately, right? You have to start at least three every week. And so there's going to be things that come up. So you're going to have to hit the waiver wire immediately, dropping probably Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson? Chris Thompson in the 14th? You need wide receivers, bro. Latavius Murray, no, really – you really okay? I understand you're trying to back up Alvin Kamara, but if you're going to have that in the plan, then maybe one of those other appealing running backs. Look, I I, under, I understand. Look, Breda, Tevin Coleman, Keshawn Vaughn—they're all kind of appealing guys. And then you're like, oh crap, I need to back up Kamara now too. Well, no, you need wide receivers. If you're able to back up Kamara, great. But you've already made your bed. Let's let's fire away at some wideouts next time, Jimmy. And uh, you, you're going to need them, right? Yeah. Bad I, I, bad I totally games, tough matchups. You're going to have games where there's defensive corners that are facing Marvin Jones or T.Y. Hilton this week, and you're like, you don't want any part of that matchup, even though you probably start them, and you'll get a goose egg, you'll get five points. You know, you got to have some wide receiver. And look, he's still firing away at other positions. I just don't get it, right? You, you fire away at another tight end. You got George Kittle. You need yeah, three no, wide I, receivers I, every single week. I'm well over. I'm, I agree with you 100%. I, I, I love to start one through nine. I think in round 10, I would have preferred to see them. I would really have loved to have seen them grab me, call Hardman in round 10 there. And then maybe yeah. when it came back around in, our, in round 11, another guy I'm high on, I would love to have seen him grab Alan Lazard or maybe even Sammy Watkins to get more depth there. And then when it came back around, I think that Matthew Stafford might have been there in round 12. I do like him as my sleeper, but I think that you, I 100% in agreement with you. I would love to have seen him during these COVID times add more wide receiver depth. I would love imagine this team, Scotty, if I would if I told you in round ten he added Mikael Hardman uh or Sammy Watkins along with Alan Lazard and then got Stafford there. Now we're talking yeah. about a completely different you know team and maybe arguably the team to beat in the entire league if he would have just filled some more of those wide receiver holes. But I totally agree with you because COVID nineteen is going to wreak havoc on Sunday mornings. Yeah, let's pull on uh let's pull on the next guest of the evening from uh, the five one six, that 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 can be only one uh, one person here. The fantasy executive, bro. What's going on, man? What's the deal, Scotty? What's the deal, Frankie? Listening to you guys talk, it is an interesting strategy. The the one thing about the wide receiver position is, and he left plenty of names on the board when he shouldn't. Is you can find wide receivers on the waiver wire more okay. so than you can find running backs on the waiver wire. Now. Am I going to go 14 rounds with three wide receivers? No, it doesn't make any sense. Now, the COVID thing is interesting also because right. now we're starting to see some right. test results come in from the NFL. And guess what? The numbers are not as high as people thought it would be. Right. So we see the NBA posting zeros. We see the WNBA posting one. Major League Baseball is a shit show, obviously. The NHL doesn't have any positive tests. So, obviously, you know, football, same nature as MLB with traveling, 
And obviously now with no traveling, you don't see that. But, you know, I do think the numbers in the NFL are encouraging right now. Yeah, maybe a, maybe a Robbie Anderson or something. Maybe a Brashad Perryman or something. Maybe a Jamison Crowder or something, right? Right, Corey? I mean, look, you know all about take the a stab on, from – Take a stab on the hurt Debo Samuel. Debo you, Samuel you know is all about, to go in October. Yeah. Yep. You know all about the Jets from last year, bro. I mean, you know what they did to Dak when they ate him They ate him up. They ate him up, bro. Oh, God. They ate him up. You know oh, all about Lord. it, bro. You remember Sammy? He, he steps back. He looks. He pumps. He throws it to Robbie. He's gone. 95 yards. Okay. We got a little Ryan Anderson touchdown in it over the middle. He he comes to play. I mean, they really they really just made Dallas look bad. You You had to, after that game, you were like, boy, son. That season was over after the Jets beat the Cowboys. It was over. They took their heart. Well, that was that was the loss you, that you come back to every time. And yep. you know, I was in New Jersey that Sunday morning. I wanted to go. So here. I'm seeing all of these Cowboy fans getting ready to go into the Meadowlands, and they was not able to pull off a victory. But that makes wow. me worry about Kellen Moore more than anything else, because Kellen Moore is this new offensive genius. He didn't look mm-hmm. like it last year. Uh, Dak Prescott probably needs to run some more RPOs. <laughs> they did come back and beat the Eagles the next week, 37-10. to 10. The Giants the week after, 37-18. I mean, they, they did kind of – it was kind of their wake-up call, right? You cannot but lose to the Jets The only the teams they can beat are teams in the NFC East. As soon as they go outside the division, they lose. Isn't that something? Yeah, isn't that something? Yeah, they lost to the Bills. They lost to the Patriots, of course. They lost to the Bears. I mean, they beat the Rams. But yeah, yeah, they got they, they, the Cowboys got a problem. But what about this year, Corey? Uh, look, you got to be excited. You didn't get Jamal Adams. You may still get him down the road. But you got Ceedee Lamb, and the Jets kind of turned down Lamb and Judy to take uh, Mackay Becton, and you guys get uh, Ceedee Lamb. So you got the you got the best wide receiver corps in the NFL right now. Well, you got Lamb, and then in the second round, you was able to get Stephon Diggs' brother, Travion Diggs, yeah. the cornerback you so desperately need. So the draft worked out fine. You wasn't right. able to get Dak signed to a long-term deal. But, you know, we'll see how Jerry plays that next offseason. I mean, we don't see Dak Prescott no more. Remember, the Cowboys are very interested in Jalen Hurts. That could be the move of the future. You know, if your quarterback don't win, don't sign him to a long contract franchise tag and bring somebody else in there and trust your system to get the new quarterback ready uh, to rock and roll at a cheap price and you can bring in pieces around him. We've seen teams win the championship like that. Philadelphia Eagles, Seattle Seahawks. So this season you get a situation where, listen, is Mike McCarthy going to abandon the run like he did so much in Green Bay? Well, he never had a running back like Ezekiel Elliott in Green Bay. And is Kellen Moore going to put Dak Prescott in more situations to run RPOs? That's very important to the Cowboys' offense, less running on first down, more changing the direction. Uh, as far as the defense goes, they got to play better. They have yeah. to play better. And hopefully they'll be able to do that this year. Kai Forbath, you get a kicker. You got Blake Jarwin, who I, I think people are sleeping on Blake Jarwin. I, I, there's, there's something there that I, 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 I kind of like. Uh, Don Terry Poe, you pick up Don Terry Poe. You got uh, Gerald McCoy. You get Ger- you got Gerald McCoy, right? That's that's uh, mm-hmm. 
that's over uh you know over Michael Bennett, right? So then you got Ha Ha Clinton Dix. I mean you got some you got some pieces, you got some names. I mean, I like how Jerry goes out and, and, and gets some players. Let's talk about your preseason pro, Corey. Everybody here at the FFWC, they're already members. We might be leaking out some players on the podcast. That's okay. Uh your breakout player this year uh was taken by Fantasy Noob at five twelve, Hollywood Brown for Lamar Jackson. You took him as your breakout player. Talk about what it is. Uh, I mean, I know he's got the he can take the top off of the defense, but do you see Lamar developing a rapport that gets him up in that 60, 70 catch range, or is he still down in the fifties and six, early sixties? Well, listen, I think I think forty six receptions increase on 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 those. I think you can see an increase on those catches. Obviously, you got to see an increase on those catches for him to break out. I'm looking at a defense that's I'm looking at excuse me an offense that scores a lot of points. An offense that creates mismatches, especially based around speed. When you look at the report, these are two guys that played pop one football together, even in COVID times. They are training together over the summer. And then you get a healthy Hollywood Brown. Listen, you got a, a lineage is very speed. important to me. Antonio Brown, probably the best fantasy football asset to own in the last decade. So, you know, he comes from that lineage. So I, I think that Hollywood Brown has a big chance. If he can stay healthy, last year he came with the foot injury. This year he comes in relatively healthy. I think he can have – and you see that speed. And speed is so impossible to what, important to what Baltimore does. I think he's a good candidate to break out this year. Yo, you took uh, – I'm looking at the SI Fantasy mock draft. The magazine is on sale everywhere. Uh, you took Nick Chubb at nine, followed it up with Joe Mixon, very safe. Odell Beckham fell to you at 3-9. Keenan Allen, 4-4. Four, four. You can't really complain. Dak Prescott, Cam Akers, Deontay Johnson, okay, Christian Kirk, the Devontae Freeman, Mike Gusecki, Patriots, and Lambeau. That's a good squad. Do you always get a Cowboy in every draft? Like, is it a, is it a thing where you got to get one? I would like to have one Dallas Cowboy to root on. <laughs> <laughs> on, on every team, especially as I'm watching these games. I haven't missed yeah. a snap of Dallas Cowboy football in God knows how long. But it's not, like, a priority. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott. Listen, they got assets. And the thing that's best about the Cowboys when it comes to fantasy is you know who the assets are. You know it's Dak. You know it's Amari. You know it's Ezekiel Elliott. Now, you know Galladay can give you some numbers if you draft him at value. And Lance can give you some numbers if you draft him at value as well. So you know where the football goes. So it's no James White in the backfield that's going to get receptions for 70 yards and two touchdowns on the Cowboys. So you know who the people are that you invest in. Right. Yeah, man, look, I uh hey we, we had a little we had a little fun earlier in the in the day. Nobody is drafting Tua, right? Nobody nobody's taken Tua in the draft. He he has a lot of weapons. I mean when you talk about Parker and Preston and Jasicki, uh it's gonna it's it might be a nice little fun offense. Hey, I wanna hear you say we had we had a fun with Benny. How do you say Tua's last name? To a tongue of Viola. There you go. There you go, man. Nailed it on the first right, try, listen, Frankie. Somebody who's somebody, Come on who's, now. somebody who's training in the in the, in the Come media. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. You don't test this. You don't test this I, now. I, I, uh, you had a bust. Your preseason pro. Let's talk about the let's talk about the bust pick. Uh, we can look at this draft and we can see that RB Fox three who has got to be pretty excited that Derrick Henry fell, that's your bust. 
and uh, that's your bust of uh, we asked for. It. And Rock Frost is in the is in the draft. He's a very experienced, high stakes player. He takes Derrick Henry, and I don't blame him. But you called him your bust of 2020. Why'd you do that? Well, look, you look at if the touchdowns go down, what is he? Yeah, 1,500 yards is a lot, especially and you know, especially for a running back, that's your RB one. <clears throat> if the touchdowns go down, there's no pass catches that low touchdown number up. So it's not so much that I think he's going to buzz. I don't think he's going to bring back first-round running back value. You look at the okay. rest of the running backs in the first round outside of mm-hmm. Nick Chubb, mm-hmm. they can catch the football out the backfield, and that's very important, especially in PPR leagues. So now you attach that value to it. And Nick Chubb is a better running back than Derrick Henry. Nick Chubb, in my opinion, could be the best running back in the NFL. He's gonna he's gonna get the rushing title. I think he can. Yeah, I think he can. Yeah, I think he can. He he can get the rushing title. Uh, Derrick Henry, uh, Frankie, six three, two forty seven. When you see him on television, he is so much bigger than everybody out there on the field. It's hard to bring down. He just does what he does. You got to stop us. And when you have a player like AJ Brown and you have Jonu Smith. They need a little bit more wide receiver offensive power, I would think, to maybe to make sure that they're not stacking the box on Henry Frankie. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that the biggest issue you're going to have to face any kind of regression with Derrick Henry is can Ryan Tannehill not be a half season wonder or a three quarter season wonder? We know that he was an absolute bust. Uh, that you know he was shipped out of town and you know in Miami, and before you know he's he's backing up. Uh, you know, in Tennessee, and now he's taking the, the role and he's taking the job away from uh, Marcus Mariota, but now he's got to live up and he's got to, you know, fight off all that pressure of a big contract. And obviously the biggest detriment to Derrick Henry is Ryan Tannehill, and you, you hit it right on the head. Ryan Tannehill needs to show that he can be on point once again, and he's got to be able to be on point and use limited outside resources outside of A.J. Brown. I'm really not so sure that there's any guy in that passing game that you really want to invest in in fantasy besides A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry for me. And obviously Derrick Henry is going to be a great pick. We know that he's an absolute beast. He performed at Alabama. He's a top SEC back that's translated exceptionally well to the NFL. But now to see what, you know, what you're going to really get this year, if Derrick Henry is going to be able to reproduce those numbers, he's going to need Ryan Tannehill once again in 2020. All right, let's break down this uh, team while we have you here, uh, Corey. Mr. B's balls, Terry Tardugno and Medlin here. They got Michael Thomas. Travis Kelsey, Pat Mahomes, Cam Akers, Tyler Boyd, Raheem Mostert. So they're starting Akers, Mostert, Lindsey at running back, Thomas Boyd, Sanders, Rager at wide receiver, Travis Kelsey, Mahomes. Look, when you go tight end quarterback, this is what your running backs and wide receivers look like, right? They got Kelsey and you got Mahomes and you're kind of flexing, you know, and you're doing your Hogan pose or whatever. And then you're like, Oh, it hurts at earning back and wide receiver. It's not going to look good by the time you go down here. Well, it is a flawed draft strategy mm-hmm. when you when you do it that way. You're going like, for it. You have to – those two positions yeah, – yeah, exactly. Those two positions, in my opinion, need to be separated because you got to build up the meat of that roster and the meat of that roster is going to be the running backs and the wide receivers. 
So to go quarterback and tight end back to back like that, no matter what round, and well, I'm not saying no matter what round, when you do it early, it definitely makes a problem in my opinion. <clears throat> because when you look at it, listen, you got, you know, you got three studs. Your all be one is Acres. He could pop. Mostert is a guy that could, you yeah. know, get it rolling like he did last year. Could he be in? Could the could those two make a formidable tandem? Yeah. Michael Thomas is almost yep. two players. Tyler Boyd, AJ Green is healthy. We got a new quarterback. We don't know. Emmanuel Sanders is an excellent pick right there. Yeah. But yeah. what yeah. happens when you get to the bye weeks? Right. And you're depending right. on people that you don't have no idea of what they're going to do on a week-to-week basis. Right. That's a team or, that can start start hard, hot. Excuse me and fall off when it gets to the bye weeks because, you know, now you're depending on Jalen Raker. He has to come into that lineup now. Yep. You're, you're banking on it. And you then also we talked, like stack, we, we talked about stacking last week um, with COVID-19. The potential for stacking could go really wrong really fast. If you have offensive line or defensive lineman or whoever going out to the club and bringing back COVID and the team has to scratch for the week. We're seeing it in baseball. There's a lot more players involved in football. There's a good chance that we see a lots of scratches this year. I'm really in my head. I'm getting mentally prepared for that. It's dangerous to stack. Yeah, but if, if you're getting prepared for that, I wouldn't blame it on players going out to the nightclub. That wasn't the case with the, with the, with the, with the, uh, with the baseball team in Florida. You know that was the rumors, but that oh, was the oh, you know what? So, so that was that was fake news. Was that fake news, Corey? <laughs> <laughs> was that fake yes, news? Yeah, that was fake news. That was fake news. The uh, the the mainstream media, Scott. <laughs> okay, okay. Reporting that gotcha. they were out at nightclubs in Atlanta, and the team okay. came out vehemently and said that was not the case at all. Um, oh. oh, and that's really the oh. only thing you heard from the team was that that was not the case. Everything else they've been quiet on. Um, so you they, know, shielded, they, shield, they shielded. They shielded. They shielded the truth. They shielded the truth from this conservative uh, right here. They they shielded me from the truth. Yeah, no. If you actually, if you read through Derek Jeter's story and you get a little bit past the headlines, you mm-hmm. see that Derek Jeter was scolding the media for saying that that was the case. When the players were vehement, like that, that was not the case. They said that they were. Some of them were at the hotel bar, but nobody was out and about in Atlanta. Hey, you know, if if you're partying at the hotel bar, you can't you can't fault them for that. That's not a party. You know. No, I mean unless you're uh, unless unless (laughs) unless you're Joel Cox back in the old scout days. That then it was a party. It's Tommy (laughs) (laughs) G. Then it was a party. You'd be like, a hotel bar? What's going on? Hey, there's a ho- there's a bar at the hotel. Let's go. <laughs> you wake up in the mm-hmm. you, you wake up in the morning. You come down. They're still at the bar. Blame it on the honey. All right, Corey. Last uh, last look here. Uh, resistance is futile. Uh, it's another team that we we we've grown to uh, appreciate his drafting. Scott Lawrence and, and his teammate. Jim, they, uh, they, they usually put out good drafts here, so let's see how they do. Dalvin Cook, Chris Godwin, who we, we said early in the program, you may not have heard it, Sean Childs now has as wide receiver two 
And when you put it into our customized rankings in our big board and our top 200, he comes out with FFWC format, wide pick overall five, okay? Chris Godwin, he gets in the second round. Todd Gurley in the third, DJ Chark in the fourth, Chris Carson in the fifth. Edelman, Cooks, Madison, Perryman, Renfro, Gesicki, and Wentz. So let's break the team down. Wentz at quarterback. At running back, it's Cook, Gurley, Carson, Madison. At wide receiver, it's Godwin, Chark, Edelman, Cooks, Perryman. And at tight end, it's Gesicki, Janu. How do you do? I like the running backs. Okay. I like the Cook-Gurley combo. Yeah. I like Godwin. Yeah. Chark. Now we're going Chalk Edelman Cook. Okay. Cooks. I don't I don't okay. know what that is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, would yeah, not yeah. be surprised if Hunter Renfro outperforms uh-huh. Cooks and Edelman, so that's good. Ooh. The second Ooh. is the guy okay. that me and you are on. Mm-hmm. Uh Wentz by Roethlisberger. So you know okay. what Wentz brings to injury history. Uh, yep. other than that, listen, I think you gotta be in in the FFWC you got to be a little stronger at wide receiver. I think I would have went Hilton over Chalk in the third. Yeah. And I probably wouldn't have went back to Carson. I would have had a better plan at running back. Um, But listen, I would – well, I don't want to say that because people are still drafting. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's over. okay. No, draft, yeah, no, no dra- draft draft's over. over. Yeah. They, they, they rolled. Yeah, they, they, were, they I, were super fast. Um, instead of Carlos Hyde, I took D.J. Dallas, the young running back out of, out of uh, Miami. That's on okay. the Seahawks. I would have yeah, him to back Carson up because of uh-huh. Carson's injury. Yeah, exactly. So, D.J. Dallas is a guy that I think could get some more uh, run there. But listen, I don't have no problem with the team. Listen, I like running back heavy teams. I don't want to rely on Julian Edelman as my WR3, not really knowing what that offense is going to look like this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Frankie, uh, we, we could have seen a, a, di- a little bit of a different approach about round five, uh, but, but let, or, or, or let's just say the, the approach was in 6-7, Edelman-Cooks. Is that where we're kind of saying – Maybe we, we take some flyers like a Deontay Johnson, a little Darius Slayton combo there. Well, you couldn't get, you couldn't get both. Deontay, Deontay Johnson, maybe C.D. Lamb, or maybe even a Darren Waller. Go ahead and lock it up. But, hey, he got Gesicki, so he's okay at tight end. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think he, he's fine with Gesicki. I I, listen, I have no problem with Edelman. The issue that I have is with Brandon Cooks. I, I actually would have preferred the, a player that went off the board just a few picks later in James okay. Crowder. Um, I think that Jamison Crowder has the potential to actually uh, lead the Jets in both t- in, in every category, targets, receptions, and maybe even receiving touchdowns. I'm not so sure that, you know, obviously okay. working from the slot, I, I think that he's the, the guy there. Or as Corey highlighted uh, earlier, what about Debo well, Samuel? Uh, Debo Samuel may be in round seven. I mean, if you get him, for, you know, for more than half the season or for 10 games, that would have been a home run pick for me as well. Well, let's not beat him up over it. Look, you guys are hard on Brandon Cooks, and that's okay. I mean, he's still a – you know, the kid is uh, – we're talking about concussions are the, really the only thing that's really and, – and, you know, an off-the-field maybe attitude issues uh, where he – and when we say attitude, we're, we're really talking about just gelling with the team, right? That's what we keep hearing. But no – his skill set is still tremendous for having him in the seventh round. I know people are rather taking him in the ninth or tenth, 
but let's not beat this team up for a seventh round pick when we like pretty much everything he's kind of done here. I love Chark as a wide receiver too this year. I think he'll be fine there. Really? Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Chark. You, what you don't, I mean, you, you don't like, you don't think Chark has in that offense with a team that's probably going to be playing from behind was wide receiver 20 last year. You don't think he's a wide receiver two this year. I mean, another year under his belt, six, four, one ninety eight. I mean, I'm not, I'm not listening. Blistering the, speed. The quarterback is six, four. The quarterback is an issue for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, he did I mean, it last year with the same with the same with the same mess of quarterbacks. He did just fine last year. Yeah, yeah. The thing he's thinking about it is, and, and I love it. it. Was a great it was a great quote came from the year the Jets hard knock when uh, uh when oh. Rex Ryan was talking to Marty Schottenheimer. Schottenheimer said snack? to him, "If you get a if you get a if you get a rookie if you get a second year quarterback to play." At the same level he did in his rookie year, consider it progress. Second year quarterback struggle, and I can see Minshew struggling this year. Okay. Yeah, he's got accuracy issues. He's got to improve on that. And but he's but he's definitely there's nobody on that roster that is a, more of a threat to be the number one wide receiver than DJ Chark. So, you know he, yeah. he's going to be he's going to be he's going to be squaring up. Yeah. Allen Robinson's best year in that kind of same type system with four robbers, you know, with a poor quarterback, you know, he put up good numbers. You, it, it, can Chalk put up wide receiver two? That's interesting to me. I don't know. Well, 83, 11, 74, and six last year. In the second half of the season, it really, really slowed down. Yeah, there, there, there was concern there that maybe they kind of figured out that he was the guy that they needed to stop, and so they, they were able to stop him, you know, but – but also, you had a little slot there where Minshew was out, and then he came back in, and uh, you know, I agree that Chark, Chark wasn't his best there. But let's 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 move on. We got we got another team here. Furloughed, furloughed takes Joe Mixon, Tyreek Hill, Melvin Gordon, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Swift, Jarvis Landry, Ceedee Lamb. Waits for the eighth round to get his quarterback in Russell Wilson. Gets Marlon Mack in the ninth, who I know you like, Sony Michelle, and gets Austin Hooper in the twelfth as his tight end. Aaron Rodgers in the fourteenth. I mean, that's just insane. Uh, so let's break this team down. Wilson Rodgers, check. Running backs: Mixon, Gordon, Swift, Mack, Michelle, check. Right. Uh, wide receivers: yep. Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, Jarvis Landry, Ceedee Lamb, check. Right. What what don't we like about? I worry this about team? Jarvis Landry. I oh, worry about on. Jarvis Landry. Oh, come on. Everything else. What, what, what is there to what is there to worry about Jarvis Landry? What what is the he's a wide you're not he's not a wide receiver three? Come on. That, that Kevin Stefanski offense is for two people. Well, three people. Kevin Stefanski mm-hmm. offense worked for the quarterback, the WR one, and the RB one. Everybody mm-hmm. else is just a piece. So I look at Landry as just a piece. I want Chubb, I want Beckham, and I want late shares of other quarterback, Mayfield. Well, so, Frankie, Landry had hip surgery in February and was given a six- to eight-month timeline. But they So let's, let's just do the math. March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. So he, August to October, somewhere around the start of the season, he was, he was there to be ready. 
but 83 receptions for a wide receiver that finishes as wide receiver 16 or 1170 yards, six touchdowns. What's there to worry about as my wide receiver three? I, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of reporting here. I, I'm, I'm not so sure. There's a reason why Jarvis Landry is falling to the sixth round. Obviously, last year the, the hype was so, was all the, you know the Cleveland Browns were all the rage. They were all the rage among fantasy owners. They were all the rage among uh, sports betters out here in Vegas who couldn't get to the window fast enough to bet the Cleveland Browns to win the Super Bowl and actually push their odds to one of the co-favorites before the season even started. That's how much love there was for the Cleveland Browns. Now, obviously, as uh, as Corey was highlighting with Kevin Stefanski, I'm not so sure exactly what to really make of Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry was a great fantasy producer in Miami. But, you know, obviously, but, you know, listen, people are expecting Beckham to rebound. If Beckham rebounds, that means there's going to be less pass potential, less targets, and less production for Jarvis Landry. There's, like I said, there's a reason why he's falling to the sixth round. I actually like his pick of, of uh, C.D. Lamb later on than I do as much for the pick of Jarvis Landry. That's just me overall. But, I mean, it's also, you know, nitpicking because I think this roster from top to bottom is one of the best that we've seen in this draft. All right. Yeah, and I like guys, the roster, we're... too. And, and, and to back up what Frankie said, what I'll say is this. Just think about it logically. Jarvis Landry is – well paid. He had a hip surgery in February. We in the right. pandemic. Do you think Jarvis right. Landry is going to be motivated to play football this year? That's a great point. Fair, fair, fair question. Fair question. I just expect improvement from Baker. And again, this is his. This is Baker's make or break. I said it last week. I think he has a much shorter leash than Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold can get away with a bad to, or an average year this year, right, without really progressing because he's just got so much young. T- Baker has no excuses. Landry, Beckham, Hooper, two running backs like Chubb and Hunt. Well, he's been under still three on the different OCs now. See, that's the no problem. Excuses. He's no been excuses. under three different OCs. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, but but it's still out, Van, Van Pelt, his third OC. Right. But Van now Pelt. he's got his best OC in, in Stefanski. True. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Look, there's a, we, we, didn't, we didn't really get to XY Jet more than that start that we absolutely loved. He finished up with his receivers, Ridley, Gallup, Samuel, Mike Williams, Robbie. A little weak there. There are a lot of mid-tier guys that, that uh, haven't yet to you know, move to that next level. He gets Ryan and Goddard, which I do like. He gets Goff and Jarwin as the QB2 tight end two. I like that, too. I like that a lot. But there, but there is a little bit of something. When you go, when you go RB, RB, RB like that, you are, you are ahead of the game in my book. Uh, you know, Sanders, Drake, Taylor, that's flexing, right? You don't really need that Kareem Hunt pick there. You could have maybe, well, you know, what do you mean, you know, you could have gotten another wide receiver, but maybe you just didn't like it. I'm okay with that. I'm really okay with that. But it's, you, it's all about thing, those wide receivers. You can start two flexes. Start two flexes. Right. So being that you have the ability to start two flexes, yeah. you can put Hunt in that starting lineup, and he can catch 70 passes and still yeah. not affect Nick Chubb. It's no. still missing. You, you really, in the FFWC, though, you, you don't really see teams that start. And I've got the stats on it, and, I can, and I, I'll, I'll put it into an article I don't think we saw a league winner last year that that didn't have a wide receiver through the first three rounds. I don't think I don't thing, think we had a league winner. FWC is very wide receiver friendly when it comes to winning the whole thing. 
and, right. and as somebody who's won the whole thing, you know, who's somebody who not won the whole thing but won leagues on several occasions, I can tell you some of my best pickups was 15, 16th round Brian Hartline and mm-hmm. getting that 77, 80 catches in the 14th mm. round that was in your lineup every week. Players like that are critical. Trivia. Uh, who, who can who can come up with the answer here? Who was that wide receiver for the Titan, uh, the Tennessee, uh, years ago? That just was absolutely ball buster in the last part of the season. Not Kevin. Anybody? I don't, I don't know. No. No. I can't think of it. I thought I thought maybe oh, somebody. Uh, uh, you know what I'm talking no, about? Wasn't Harry Douglas. No. No. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. Tell you what, anybody that can come well, up with the name well, of that. Year it was A.J. Brown. That wide receiver that I'm thinking of that went ball busters years ago. It's got to be 10, 10 years ago or more, several, several uh, three, four weeks of the season. I've got a brand-new SI Fantasy magazine I'll put in the mail to you. If you can uh, reach out, hit me on Twitter, at Scott Fantasy. Uh, let me know who that receiver was. I can't think of their name. Uh, that's all I can give you. I really can't give you anything. But had the ma- amazing breakout. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Corey. At the fantasy hey, Scott, exec on and Twitter Frank, and Frankie, before yep. y'all, before I let y'all go, yep, thirty seconds. I just want to yep. talk about oh, fantasy Twitter for a minute. Did y'all see what happened okay. today with oh my god, bro? what a mess, what a mess, <laughs> bro, bro. I didn't, I had no idea we had uh, we had the players on that uh, the, the the oh my god. All right, that's all we got time for. We'll see you next week. Red versus blue. <laughs> You've been listening to. Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 